Welcome to another all-new Monday fun-filled edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakini McGee, which is she. I'm Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your show Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Don't forget Second City Sports is, uh, is available on the Sports Zone Chicago app, wherever you, you uh, download your apps, whether it's an Apple iTunes store or the Google Play. Make sure you that app says Sports Zone Chicago. Of course, Second City Sports airs live every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, we are on live every Monday and every Friday, noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can also follow them on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports Zone Chicago. Also, you can follow our audio version of this podcast. It's available on War or Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor on all podcast platforms. That's War on Anchor. You can follow War, uh, those guys. We're still a part of them. War Media at W-A-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. Lakina, we had to do a little audible switch, but before we tell you about our switch, uh, MLB did their switch. Of course, of course, if you guys have been living under a rock, about 45 minutes ago, Major League Baseball officials announced that today's game between the Chicago White Sox and the Houston Astros game four, it was supposed to take place a little bit over two, two and a half hours from now. It will not take place today due to a scheduled thunderstorms rolling in the Chicago area. So tomorrow's game four will take place at, on the south side. I'm not calling it that corporate name. You guys know it by now. <laughs> it will take place tomorrow at 1.07 p.m. Central Standard Time from the south side. So game four, Astros, White Sox will play take place tomorrow on the south side at 1.07 p.m. Carlos will die and we'll still get the schedule start for the Chicago White Sox. Lakina, before we talk about last night's uh, uh, must-needed game three victory, let's go back to game two. Uh, we were on the air last Friday. Things were looking up for the Sox. Uh, they they tagged uh, the left-hander for the Astros, Valdez, early. But uh, they actually took a 4-2 lead before Giolito was yanked out of the game. But once it came to that bullpen for the White Sox, things went to hell in the handbasket. I'm talking about Craig Kimbrough, Aaron Bummer, Ryan Tapero, who was in there as well. He actually he pitched well, but outside of him, the other two pitchers I mentioned didn't do the job. And the Astros had a five-run seventh inning. The only pitcher that did the job after that to keep it at bay respectable was Liam Hendricks. That was his first work of the series. Lakina, a couple things here, which uh, which I had to borrow for what I put on my Twitter account last night. I don't know if you caught the uh, in-game interview with White Sox pitcher Ethan Katz with Tom Verducci last night after Dylan Cease um, was yanked out of there in the second inning. There, um, and Michael Kopech was brought into the game, and Tom Verducci asked. Uh, Ethan Katz, how long do you expect Michael Kopech to go? And just paraphrasing him, Ethan Katz said that it depends on the floor. It depending on the floor of the game. We guess, uh, we expect them to go three, to, uh, possibly five innings. And everybody on Sox Twitter last night, including yours truly, a little bit, were baffled by that comment because 
Tony LaRusa, he definitely deserves some blame for the game two loss. If that was the case, you had a day off between games two and three. Why couldn't you use Kopech on Friday? If he was ha happy to get his uh get beat, so be it. But you saved Michael Kopech until last night. He got tagged for a run too bad to that. He settled down. But why wasn't Michael Kopech used in Friday night's Friday afternoon's game? That just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I think that's going to be the thing that's going to, you know, hinder on him that he's got to think about that. Could they have won if Kopech, you know, had pitched? You know, we, we will never know that. So it's sort of all this in hindsight now. So I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm not going to go like too far on a tangent about that. I mean, you know, the White Sox didn't pitch, you know, the, it just didn't have a style. Julio just didn't have his stuff. I mean, it's just that simple. And unfortunately, that happens, especially when we're in a short series. So I'm, I'm not you know, worried about that. You know, you put that game in the, in the real room here. Let's talk about last night's game because, you know, there was a lot of weird things that happened. That game took, like, almost over four hours. I think the first, like, like four or five, like, the first six days, I can say, probably took maybe, like, almost three hours to complete. Although, you know, the bullpens for both teams kind of, like, kept it going and kept it switching. So, you know, Kopech actually did his – you know, he actually did his thing last night. You know, he he gave up a couple of runs, but he was able to you know settle down and had five strikeouts. You know, Aaron Bummer, you know, looked really good. Ryan Tapera had a nice outing as well. So mm -hmm. the bullpen was sort of like kind of shut the door. But if you're the Astros, you're kind of kicking yourself because you know you had a chance to you know kind of put the series away and the game away, but you know the the White Sox sort of turned it up. Now can they do that, especially now with this extra day that they have? Now they're going to rest and kind of like get set up for it. Now it looks like, you know, Carlos Rodon, as you said, said they're going to, he's going to pitch game mm -hmm. four tomorrow. Now we just see what the Astros do. Do they, do they bring McCullers in? Does, you know, I think, you know, Dusty Brady kind of like pick and choose who he wants to start. So if you're, you know, the White Sox, you want to try to get to whoever, whoever that, whoever that pitcher is up being pretty quick. So we'll just have to see what happens and see what, what he does. And, and look, I, I think, look, if, if Garcia can step it up, if, Tim Anderson get on base like he did yesterday. You know, Eloy, you know, doing his thing. Also, Abreu had a couple of big RBIs. If that could, if they could do that, then you know, we're in the we're in business. The Sox can you know send the series right back to Houston tied. Anything else? Anything else? You know, you're you're gonna be going home. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. If you want to comment on today's show and with our topic right now dealing with the Chicago White Sox, you can go to our Facebook page at Sports Zone Chicago or go to our YouTube page once again at Sports Zone Chicago. Place your comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up and running for you. If you have a comment or a question, Lakina will get them get those comments and questions up for you. If you try to troll or do something stupid, Lakina will politely give you the boot. <laughs> Lakina, speaking of giving the boot, uh, Dylan Cease was given the, the boot last night after an inning in two-thirds. He, he walked three batters and, and he struck out two. But Lakina, uh, I don't know if you paid attention to that first batter, Yaldon Alvarez at the top of the second inning. I thought he got, uh, talking about Cease, he got squeezed on the call deal. So, a uh, two-two pitch, and uh, he was nibbling. Of course, the, uh, the home plate umpire was actually giving both pitches to the corners. But Dylan Cease thought he had a strikeout of Yaldon Alvarez, who led off the second inning for the Astros. It, it turned out he walked. Uh, Cease walked Alvarez. He walked the next bat. And of course, both those runners came around to score. And I said right there, Dylan Cease. I'm not saying he wasn't ready, but you could tell he was affected by that uh, leadoff walk by Alvarez because he didn't get the call. For a potential strike three there, and of course uh, things started to unravel. Larusa took took out C's, which I thought was the right move because this was your your season. 
And you're down to nothing in the series. Of course, we talked about Kobe. He came in, got rattled a little bit, but he settled down after that. He, here's the thing, Lakina. Like, like you mentioned, the White Sox pitching has been carrying this team all year long. And we talked about this team offensively. Uh, what can you do in the playoffs when you're not hitting the home runs? Of course, Yasmani Grandon hitting another Yaz bomb last night. Of course, you mentioned Larry Garcia uh, hitting the home run, which it came to everybody's surprise because he's not really known for power, but he delivered at a, a critical time last night. But coming into last night's game, Lakina, the White Sox had 18 hits in the first two games in Houston. None of them, I repeat, none of them were extra base hits. It was nice to see them get some extra base hits last night moving runners over. Now, me personally, I like to see them bunt a little bit more. They haven't really done that this season, but it was nice to it was nice to see uh, the White Sides get some extra base hits last night and take in an extra base. It'll be interesting to see if weather becomes, will be a factor here tomorrow, especially because it's going to be, it was a little bit warmer today, of course, you know, with the rain and the storms are approaching here. That'll be going on in about an hour from now. It's going to be a little cooler tomorrow, you know, in the mm -hmm. first pitch at 107. So you got to think, will that be, we saw what happened at the White Sox and the, the Astros too, because remember they play in an indoor uh, dome. And mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see, will weather be an issue? It's going to be a little bit cooler. It's going to be a little more crisp, you know, a little more fall-like. So you wonder, will that be an issue for somebody? And look, if we can, look, if we can see Grandal do his thing and we can see, you know, some of the other guys sort of step up like they did yesterday, they're going to have to because, you know, this is a, a, a do or die for the Sox. Mm -hmm. Then I think you know we can you know force a, they can force a game seven. Now, if, if not, if we whoever ends up pitching, you know, for the Astros, we still don't know yet. I'm sure you know Dusty's taking you know keep it very close to the vest, and he pitches lights out. Then it's going to end up being a long day for the White Sox. So it, it's all kind of like a push pull here, and it'll be interesting to see. Look, are the Sox capable of coming back and win the series? Sure. Will they execute? That's another thing. Let me piggyback off your first point in terms of the weather. I, I think it's going to play a slight factor, but not a major factor. Here's why it played a big factor last night because it was blowing from left to right. And I don't know if you saw Kyle Tucker's two run home run to put the Astros up uh, five to one in, in that second inning there. That ball was carrying. It wasn't like a Vlad Guerrero Jr. home run, but it had enough to uh, to get out of there. And of course, uh, Leary Garcia, Leary legend, hashtag Leary legend, his ball went to dead center field. Of course, uh, Yasmani Grandal, that ball is still going. So you could tell the, the wind was playing a major factor on the south side last night. So will it be a factor tomorrow? Maybe not as much as it was last night, but I, I, I think It'll be a slight factor because, like you said, Lakina, usually at this time, especially here in the city of Chicago, it's not that warm in October. I'm glad it is for me personally. It'll keep the keep the snow away, but <laughs> but I, it did play a factor last night. Will it play any more of a factor? We we shall see. Now, um, let's remind you one more time for our viewers and listeners: if you want to comment on our topic right now, any of our topics for today's show, just go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page. Or go to Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Uh, uh, your questions or comments, put them in the comment section. Lakina will get them up and going for you on the screen. Lakina, I want to piggyback off your second point. We talked about this a little bit before the show. For the Sox, we know Rodon is going to start tomorrow. I know some people said on Sox Twitter, especially in the last hour or two, Lane Slint should be starting because he does do great against the Astros in Houston. We saw what happened in game one last week. But you, uh, I thought you brought up an interesting question. I'll bring up this question for our listeners and viewers. 
um, uh, watching us right now. Place your comments in the comment section on Sports on Chicago Facebook or Sports on Chicago on our YouTube page. Should if the Sox are tied or if Rodon, heaven forbid, gets um gets into major trouble like Dylan Cease did last night, would you bring Lance Lynn on a relief appearance and not use him in Game Five? I mean, I would. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I would. I would well, consider that. Well, I think considering, you know, the first game when he just he was basically like, you know, it was batting practice with the Astros. I mean, they all, all mm-hmm. you know, everything was all over the place. So I can, if, if Lewis decides not to, if it gets to that, again, are we going to get, you know, good Carlos or the one that, you know, threw the no hitter early this year? Or are we going to get the bad Carlos who can, tend to, who can tend to give up eight runs in like three innings? So, you know, tomorrow that's going to be the thing like which one, which Carlos Rodon shows up. Now, if we get the latter, the bad Carlos, Rodon, then I think you know you may have to you know bring Lance Lynn in, but it's another thing that you're probably gonna have to. That's something that uh, Lewis is gonna have to figure out. So it's gonna be how the game's played. If the Sox can come, you know, give Rodon a lead and sort of he can piggyback off that, fine. If he is like that guy that pitched a no hitter in August, great. But if we get the Rodon, where we know if he gives us seven or eight runs and two or three innings, then that's gonna be another thing. So you just don't know at this point. It's all like in Game Four. So it is just, you know, it's a, it's a must win for the White Sox. So if I were Lewis, so I probably would get Lance Lynn out there and, tr- and take your chances. But if he doesn't do well and if he does stink, then everybody's going to be wondering, like, okay, why didn't he, why you put him out there in that situation? So it, it's definitely one of those things where it's, it's, it's really going to depend on what the situation is. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Kenny McGee, which is she. I ain't Sydney Brown. That's me. We're talking about the Chicago White Sox staving off elimination in Game Three last night, defeating the Houston Astros by the score of 12 to six. Lakina, let's focus in on that pitching staff, continuing that that trend that we talked about to open the show. Michael Kopech had five strikeouts and two in the third innings pitch. Ryan Tapero, who I think did a great job last night. In his two innings pitch in the sixth and seventh innings, he had three strikeouts. Aaron Bummer came in. Uh, he had four strikeouts. He did a tremendous job last night. Craig Kimbrell, uh, I, I don't know if you paid attention to this, Lakina, but I think this was a great move by Tony La Russa. Craig Kimbrell came in for the last batter in the eighth inning, given his struggles over the last uh, month, a month and a half or so in a White Sox uniform. Craig Kimbrell got the only batter out that he faced last night. And, of course, Liam Hendricks shut it down in ninth inning. He was supposed to come in as a safe situation because at the time the White Sox were leaning 96. But, of course, the White Sox – we'll get to the breakdown of the offensive numbers in just a second. But the White Sox uh, tallied on three extra runs in the eighth inning, which was very important. Liam H- Hendricks in the ninth inning came in, shut it down with two strikeouts, had a clean ninth inning, and be able uh, was able to uh, contribute to a White Sox victory. Lakina, 14 uh, – 14 strikeouts by this White Sox bullpen last night at the Dillon Seeks was yanked in the second inning. That's the that's the performance that we need to see from this bullpen going forward. We didn't see it outside of Tapera's uh, appearance in game two on Friday. We didn't see that in the first two games in Houston. What we saw last night from the White Sox bullpen was pure dominance. Hopefully that can continue going forward. I mean, yeah, I mean, let's hope so. I mean, I think you know, look, we we know what this, this bullpen is capable of, and we'll have to see if we can, you know, can you know bummer be kind of like the the pitcher that we know he can be the the middle mm-hmm. lever guy he can, can be and of course Kimbrel's got playoff experience so that helps a little helps a lot as well you know Tapera also has some playoff experience too so that 
that else that all that helps to know again can we get these guys to kind of keep it up tomorrow which is a good thing that they they get a day off so they can kind of you know rest up and you know you know chip in if they need to so i, I think for me i think the bullpen you know in the play whatever the playoffs whatever round it's going to be yes hitting is a big issue but also too if you you can't do that if the pitching is not very good so i think that's you know that's going to be that sort of the thing you know are we going to can we see the same bullpen tomorrow if it comes to that and that's going to be the million-dollar question. Now, taking a look at the White Sox offense, the numbers from last night's Game 3 victory. Tim Anderson, as we mentioned, he's the catalyst for this team. Yeah, he, he may not be the best player on the team, but uh, he's the quote-unquote club, clubhouse leader when it comes to his attitude, his swag, and over, his overall persona. Uh, he had an RBI last night. Even though he struck out twice, he was three for six. Luis Robert, who's been swinging a hot stick, he had a hit in five plate appearances, scored two runs. Jose Braves, you mentioned Lakina. He had an RBI last night of a one of four batting. Yasmani Grandal had three RBI, including that two run home run early in the game. Uh, as I call him on Twitter, aka Must See TV, Eloy Jimenez. Uh, he actually made a couple of good, decent catches last night. He had two hits off of five plate appearances. Johan Makata had two hits last night off of five uh, plate appearances. Gavin Sheets uh, had two hits and scored a run. And of course, Andrew Vaughn had his first RB playoff RB career playoff RBI in the eighth inning last night in his only play plate play, appearance in a pitch inning role. Of course, Larry Legend, uh, Larry Garcia, not Larry, Larry Garcia had two hits and five at bats last night, including that big home run to give the Sox uh, a six-five lead at the time early in the ball game. Lakina, this is the first time all nine batters had a hit for the White Sox, uh, I believe, since the since game. I forgot it says game two of the Astro series. If I read that correctly, you can look that up if I'm, if I'm wrong. But uh, I think that's happened one other time. I believe that was back in old during the old five players. You can look that up for me if you can. But as I mentioned before, uh, yes, you had two home runs from Grandal and Leary Garcia, but it was nice for the White Sox to actually get some base hits. Uh, the, the home crowd played a, a major factor. Tim Anderson actually getting on base, setting the tone. Played a major factor as well. Getting extra base hits, um, move runners over from first to third, having smart base running because at times this year, Lakina, how many times we talked about this? The White Sox get themselves caught with their pants hanging down, no pun intended, in some bad base running situations. You did not see that last night. Well, thankfully, if we can keep that up, that that's gonna be. I'm gonna keep mm -hmm. it short because we gotta we got a lot to talk about. So we got we gotta keep it moving because I, I don't want to have to be rushing through a topic. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, look if we look if as I said a few minutes ago, if we get Tim Anderson on base, you know, if we can kind of make those bad running errors, you know, that that bad sort of like base running errors that have plagued this team, you know, they have had a couple losses because of it. I think you know they're they're golden. If not, I, I think you know they're like I said, their their season's gonna be over. So. Again, it's all like game four. If you're, yeah, the course is a must win for the White Sox. If you're the Astros, it's probably a must win too because you don't want to be, you know, going back to Houston and have to mm -hmm. take the White Sox with you. So, all right, Sid, let's, let's keep it moving before we go to break. Let's talk about this other series, the other AL series. You got the Boston and Tampa Bay. Boston came back, you know, they got, you know, now have a 2 1 lead. You know, let's talk about last night's game. Um, just a weird, like that, that last <laughs> couple. I, now, I didn't watch any of this game because I was, there was like a hundred other things, you know, going on, but. You know, mm -hmm. that, that was a, you know, the, the rule book, you know, the, 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 the baseball rule book is so complicated and silly. And I, I just, <laughs> you know, like, okay. And then you set it up sit for those who didn't, who didn't um, see it. Uh, Kerm Meyer uh, of Tampa Bay, he had to double off uh, the top of the wall. It bounced off a right fielder 
uh, Hunter Renfro of the Boston Red Sox uh, during the, I uh, believe, the top of the 13th in last night's game. Of course, Tampa Bay, um, uh, that series was tied at a game apiece. Of course, Tampa Bay was trying to uh, steal the first game out of Fenway Park. Of course, uh, the ball ricocheted off the wall and off of Hunter Renfro's jersey, bounced into the bullpen, and the umpires called it a ground rule double. Of course, Tampa Bay was looking to take the lead at the time, and that did not happen. I believe the umpires got it right. I know some people want to make this a controversy, which makes no sense to me, but the rules are the rules. Uh, it, it did not clear the fence. It bounced off the top of the wall and off of Renfro's jersey and went into the stands. Renfro was smart. He didn't touch the ball again, so it was a ground rule double. So it, it was situational baseball worked in the Red Sox favor. So and Kerr Meyer, after the game said in his presser, it's just one of those things they really wanted that run to score. It just didn't happen. And of course, uh, the Red Sox won in the bottom of the inning, but uh, in the bottom of the inning by Vasquez as a two-run home run to clinch it for Boston. Now, Boston leads that best of five series, two games to one. I believe game four is to tonight uh, at mm -hmm. Fenway Park. So Boston, as I said on Friday, Lakina, they were going to play better. Of course, they turned out. it turned out that they routed the Rays uh, in Tropicana Field. Why that city has not have a new stadium for that team, I don't understand, but that's a whole other issue. But uh, the the, the Red Sox uh, benefit from some luck last night. They took advantage of it. Let's see if they can finish off the Rays tonight. Yeah, it'll be Colin McHugh against Eduardo Rodriguez in game game four. I think this is going to go five. I think the Rays are not going to be in a very good mood after what happened mm -hmm. last night. So I'm thinking that they'll probably bounce back, and this is going to go back to Tampa. Yeah, shout out to Nathan Navaldi too. He he mm -hmm. uh, yes he pitched he pitched well last night. He carried that momentum from the wild card game last Tuesday against the Yankees. Yeah, so that should be a should be a fun rest of the series. So we're gonna. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk, you know, the course of the NL series on the NL side. Things are starting to heat up in those series as well. Also, to a lot of, you know, upsets and everything else in you know, college football. So, before we get to the Bears, you know, we're going to save the NFL power hour for one o'clock. So, you know, you know with Sid, I'm LaCan. This, this is Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. And we'll see you in a bit. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen Download the free Score app. Lightning Fast update so you never miss a thing. It's why the Score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalpage. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar. 
with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Browns. We continue our baseball talk. Uh, for the guys that say want to comment on the on the Chicago White Sox, you can do so by going to our Facebook page at Sports Zone Chicago or our Sports Zone Chicago YouTube page and put your comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up and running for you. Lakina, let's continue our baseball discussion, as you mentioned right before the break, the uh, National League Division Series. Let's start off with the game that's going on right now, the series that's going on right now, Game 3 between the Atlanta Braves and the Milwaukee Brewers. Game 3 is taking place in Truist Park outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Of course, that series is tied up at one game apiece, of course, give you the current score. We're going to the bottom of the first um, bottom of the second inning, rather, they are scoreless from Atlanta. Of course, the first two games of that series, Lakina, Atlanta took game two. Freddie Freeman came up big uh, with a big RBI and scoring a run as well. Mm-hmm. And Max Freed pitched his tail off for the Braves in game two. As I told you guys, um, the Atlanta Braves pitch, starting pitcher will have to step up. They did in game two. Game one, it didn't happen so much. Uh, Milwaukee took advantage of it. As I told you guys all season long, Milwaukee is the National League version of the Chicago White Sox. Milwaukee got it done in game one. Atlanta Braves came out with a shutout win on the road on Friday in Milwaukee in game two, three, nothing. Yeah, this game, you know, that's going on right now is pivotal to who has who has the advantage, you know, mm-hmm. in the rest of the series. So it's gonna be, you know, can the Braves can the Braves pitching sort of, you know, stay stand their ground? I mean, they stand their ground in game two. And you know, can the Brewers, you know, after not a good showing in game two, can they step it up in game three? So, you know, it's like I said, it's still very early on in the bottom of the second, but it, it should this should be a fun series. We said this is gonna go the four, it could go five, but we'll see. It this should be a fun series and an entertaining one at that. Yes, and it should be. As I, as we said before, it's going to come down to timely hitting. Just like any playoff series, timely hitting and great defense. Uh, the Atlanta Braves were more clutch in Game 2 on Friday. Uh, let's see if they could carry that momentum in, into today's game. As I, as I said before, I think Milwaukee's going to win this in five. It's going to, uh, We're going to have a split here in Georgia and then go back to Milwaukee later on uh, for Thursday, I believe. Well, Game 5 should take place from Milwaukee. So. Miller Park. I'm not calling it that corporate name, which they have now. That new corporate name. So, so as you say, excuse me. Uh, this series should go five games. These teams are, uh, you could call them evenly matched through the first two games. Even though Milwaukee play, uh, is is a better team, but uh, Atlanta has showed up to play. Obviously, it, it's going to be a tough out. Whoever wins this series should be an interesting one at that. So, so you have a good series, I think. You know, for these team, these two NL West rivals. Game three is tonight in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium. Um, Dodgers, you know, what a what a uh, rebound from game, you know, two after losing game one. This, this is going to be a chess match. You know, this is going to be kind of like a back and forth. And, you know, just a pitching matchup, too, for tonight's game three. You got Alex Wood and Matt Scherzer. So, going to be – this is going to be a very fascinating matchup. And, you know, and we'll, we'll see if the crowd – because, you know, the crowd at Dodgers Day are going to be rocking. So, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see kind of who kind of set this up to sort of like, you know, can take advantage in the series. 
I want to see how long Max Scherzer goes as well, because I believe this is his normal five-day rest because the NL wildcard game, which he pitched in, he was yanked down the fifth and sixth okay. inning. It was last Wednesday against St. Louis, which Chris Taylor put it into there in the bottom of the ninth inning for the Dodgers to win that game. But I want to see how long Max Scherzer goes tonight, and, and depending on what score, how long will manager uh, Dodgers manager Dave Roberts let him stay in there? Will he let him stay in there six or seven innings? Because we know that Scherzer uh, – he can give you 99, 100 pitches a, a start. But I want to see how Dave Roberts manages him tonight closer to normal rest. And we, we talked about this, Lakina, in the last couple of weeks of the season as these two teams battle for the NL West title. Uh, Matt Scherzer, we knew that he was going to be used in the wild card game. Now with game three tonight on a Monday, uh, let's see how far and how long Scherzer goes because, it, because that's going to depend on – how that's going to set the tone. How will the Dodgers win this game? Well, and I, and I know that he's going to want to uh, bounce back after, you know, not having a very good outing in that, in that division, uh, in that uh, wild card game against St. Louis. I mean, this is, like you said, this is our normal rest for him. You know, we might, you know, we should see him how, you know, how he lives. I think, you know, this is sort of a, a time when I think this actually sets up perfectly for the Dodgers. The fact that you're at, you have your best pitcher, you know, in that pivotal game three is the series is tied. He's a normal rest. So, it's actually might have worked out better for him. Well, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I think this is going to go five. And, you know, this is, again, it's going to, like, who makes less mistakes? You know, who's pitching, you know, can kind of tame the hitting. And because both teams are more than capable of doing that on uh, both ends. So we'll see. Can't wait. Yeah, game, yeah, game one, quickly, game one. Uh, on Friday, Logan Webb pitched his tail off for the Giants. Of course, the, the, the Dodgers got some men on base, but they ground into about three or four double plays. And the San Francisco Giants defense was stellar with the coming out there with a four nothing shutout win. But the Dodgers bounced back on, uh, on this past Saturday with a nine two victory. And Mookie Betts came up big. Justin Turner came up big. Those bats for the Dodgers started to wake up. And and, and those players that are not seen or heard from too much in terms of headlines throughout the regular season, they showed up as well throughout the playoffs. This is what the playoffs are all about, Lakina. Your superstars need to be on point, but it's those guys that are uh, not heard from uh, as much during the regular season. They could come up big during the playoffs as well. We talked about this with the White Sox uh, throughout the season. You can see someone that you haven't heard from come up big. You saw that with Leary Garcia with his home run last night. We saw that with uh, going back to this series with the Dodgers and the Giants. We saw that on Saturday. So if everybody starts to fall in line of view, the Dodgers offensively, uh, these can go well for you. I expect this to be a, a tighter game tonight. As we said, and I predicted as well, this series will go five. I have the Giants winning in five. I'm not wavering off of that. I think that the Dodgers can win tonight, but it won't surprise me the Giants got out of Dodgers Stadium winning that series and uh, taking that to a Dodgers Stadium. Is it possible? Yes, but I don't think it's likely. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. And like I said before, I mean, both these NL, NL games, these NL divisional series are going to go five. So I'm thinking that we'll just have to see, you know, who, who steps up. All right, you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Now, Sid, um, you, do you is there any other any other thing in, in baseball that you know that that's that caught your eye, or do you want to go to college football? 
Uh, let's go to college football because there's some things that we need, some games that we need to review. Uh, one of them I did check out on, on, on Saturday afternoon for a few minutes. Actually, a couple of games I, I checked out for a few minutes. I started with one, if not the highest scoring game uh, between two teams. I, as I said, I expected some scoring to go down, but not like this. It was number six, the Oklahoma Sooners. They defeated the Texas Longhorns, ranked number 21, 55 to 48. If you were looking for defense in this game, <laughs> you were happily disappointed. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, I think there were a lot of games where you could say, if you're a defensive person, you didn't have a very good Saturday, and that game is probably one. And it was all types of emotions. You know, if you, if you follow, I look, look, I follow a lot of Texas and Oklahoma folks on you know, on Twitter, so like it was all types of emotions. The Texas folks were saying, "Hey, Texas is back now," and then Oklahoma was were down the dumps. And now, you know, as it got when Caleb Williams came in, you know, for Spencer Rattler. It started kind of creeping up for the Oklahoma side. And then, you know, then and, and then Kennedy Davis said, you know what? No, you know what? I'm not that. You know what? Enough. You know, screw Kennedy Brooks. I should say that's his name. Um, you know, screw overtime. You know, he, he rushed for 217 20, yards, had a 47-yard touchdown run that sealed the win for them and for Oklahoma, I should say. And if you saw uh, Fox's, uh, Fox Sports' uh, Maniacho, um, if he saw his reaction after that run by Brooks, I think he wasn't he wasn't very happy. You gotta you gotta check that out. It was just you, you had you had to give him a hug afterwards. But you know, a big win for Oklahoma. I mean, they were down twenty seven. They came back to win, and you know, it's their second largest comeback win. You know, since you know Baylor back in twenty nineteen. And look, there have been folks that have been touting, you know, this guy, Caleb Williams, who actually didn't start playing football until his senior year in high school. So mm -hmm. talk about a late bloomer. And so those, those, look, those chances are going to be coming up higher, especially after the, after the fact that he was able to lead, you know, this, this uh, comeback for Oklahoma. Uh, I, I said that this team needed to get out to a hot start. The hot start they did in a rout, <laughs> as Les Grobstein would say. Uh, number seven, the Ohio State Buckeyes routed Maryland 66 to 17. Number 11, Michigan State, they get by Rutgers 31-13. to 13. But the SEC had a, saw another high-scoring game. Number 13, Arkansas, they're in a little bit of a trouble here on a two-game losing streak. They lose by a point to number 17, Ole Miss, 52-51. Lane Kevin well, passing out that popcorn. I guess it worked. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, you know, Arkansas went for two. You know, they actually scored as time expired. They actually went for two, you know, Arkansas did, and they missed. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those calls where you're sort of like, oh, it's gutsy if they make it, but if not, you're you're looking stupid. So it's sort of like one of those things. Yeah. But look, it was, look, I think both teams you know need to bounce back, and it was all Miss that got the bounce back, and you know, it's and you know, I, if I kind of feel like the old Miss are turning the corner a little bit, but there was one SEC game that you know, had a big upset. Texas A&M upsets Alabama, and mm -hmm. uh, thanks to a a, a a field goal as time expired. It's you know Calzada for uh, for A and M you know kind of like the heir apparent to Kellen Mond Zach Cal Calzada you know he had three touchdown passes you know, thought was he thought he was knocked out for a little bit but then he came back in the very next um in, in the very next series for them and they were able to kind of you know keep him at bay and look Nick Saban told you guys that, look we're not look they're look Alabama's not like that perfect team they have their issues you saw it against Florida a few weeks ago A and M. Um, you know, sort of, you know, sort of expose that. So, you know, Seth Small's uh, field goal game, winning field goal, if you saw his reaction of his girlfriend and his family, that that's a really cute moment. So make sure you guys check that out. But, you know, 
Bama, yeah, could Bama sneak back in and win and get into the playoff? Sure, but I, I think right now they're not the best team in the SEC, and that's true. Don't. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown, whereas we are recapping week six from the world of college football. Lakina, I got to start paying attention to this team that we're going to talk about for two seconds. The Northern Illinois Huskies, they defeated Toledo by the score of 22 to 20, improving their record to four and two. I know they're in the MAC football conference, Lakina, but uh, do we see the NIU Huskies in the MAC title game, perhaps. I'm not, they're not going to the college football playoff. I'm not going down that meatball road, but do we see them in a MAC uh, conference title game and perhaps getting a better bowl bid this year? Well, Toledo. Or is it just too so early? It's too early to say because Toledo, because okay. remember, they, they had a couple of bad losses, Northern Northern does. So, and mm-hmm. also, too, um, Toledo was actually one of the favorites in their division in the MAC. So, and I think they're in the Mac East, so I think that that was sort of a surprise. But again, we'll see how Northern Illinois, you know, finish up. I mean, they got a first-year coach there. I think they 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 beat Georgia Georgia Tech at you know in Atlanta, so I think that's mm-hmm. a you know that's a, a nice uh, win for them. And, and, and you know, we'll say I think it's too early to say. Now, going back to Alabama for a second, Sid. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are some of the streets that were snapped. Uh-huh. Alabama had won 100 straight against you know unranked teams. Their last loss was in 07. Their longest, you know streak in the AP era. 24 straight wins by Nick Saban over former assistants. Of course, you remember Jimbo Fisher was assistant for years. Yeah. That's an, also a 19 game. They also had 19 game wins. You're going back to last year. So a lot of streaks were over with, you know, thanks to this upset by uh, A&M. So, uh, okay. Uh, I'm not going to say it's trouble in uh, Tuscaloosa because they can easily bounce back, but, you know, that. Yeah, this game, as we uh, previewed on Friday, I said this could be a sneaky preview in terms of what happens in the college football playoff. It was number two, the Georgia Bulldogs dominating number 18, the Auburn Tigers, 34-10. Lakina, uh, Auburn's uh, quarterback play over the years has been in question. It was there once again on Saturday. But Georgia, outside of Alabama, some people, including your shoe, would say they're better than Alabama. Georgia's the best team in the country, and they proved that on Saturday. Yeah, uh, Stetson Bennett had two touchdown uh, passes for uh, Georgia, and they're a little banged up too. They lost a couple of guys, so you guys think, well, those injuries kind of come back to haunt them. But if, if, if they get some of those guys back, uh, Lad McClungy had you know, had a touchdown catch and 135 rushing yards. They just, you know, but it was actually Georgia's defense. I mean, only 20, you know, they only have 46 rushing yards, so they were able to get their pass rush going and. You know, I, I, I've kind of, I've kind of the feeling that you know what they were, they kind of, you know, I think Georgia. Look, this is the most points Georgia has scored, you know, on average since you got all the way back to 1980. That was the year they won the national championship. So, I think Marshall Walker was on that team too, correct? He was, and yep, you know, the year two, I was born. <laughs> yeah, two, yeah, 200 plus point differential. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't look. I don't know. Right now, Georgia is the best team in the country, but again, they got they got some guys banged up. So we'll we'll see how. How that goes, but uh, this is a big win for Georgia, especially in a hostile environment, and it, and it gets even it gets harder for Georgia too. So they're going to be facing a lot of tests in these next few weeks. In big tech action, this game was in the prime time spot in terms of the uh, late afternoon games for Fox. It was number four at Penn State, the Nittany, who one, two, three, four, Nittany Alliance. Uh, they uh, they were up early, but they lose a big lead to the Iowa Hawkeyes, now ranked number three in the country. Iowa comes from behind to defeat Penn State 23-20. Lakina, as we said before, it was going to come down to line play and running the football. Uh, Penn State was doing that early. They had control of the game, at least through most of the first half, but 
I don't know what was said in that locker room. You said stranger things have happened in, in Iowa, but I don't know what was said, what was done at halftime. But Iowa, they looked like a different team. They were the better team in that second half. Well, also to remember they lost their quarterback, Sean Clifford, Penn State, did to an mm-hmm. undisclosed injury. Plus, he wasn't playing very well. He had two interceptions. Yeah, you know, we, don't, we, don't, we don't, we still don't know what the extent that the, uh, the injury is because, you know, of course, you know, James, James Franklin thinks he's, you know, he's coaching the NHL. So that's, uh, so I don't know what, you know, what his mindset is with that. But, you know, Taquan Robertson came in and, you know, he threw two interceptions. And I think, you know, both quarterbacks were sacked, you know, combined like four or five times. It was really their Iowa's defense. That sort of you know helped them. They kind of you know kept everybody at bay. You know, they got four combined interceptions, so it was really the defense. Also, too, I think they had like a lot of false starts. I think Penn State, I think they had like ten false starts. Look, yeah. that that crowd in Kennedy Stadium. I mean, look, we're like I've said it multiple times. Where things yeah. happen in October at Kennedy Stadium, especially into like the late afternoon, early evening window, and they showed and they showed show, they showed it. So they were able to kind of keep you know Penn State you know so kind of like oh not you know at bay. So. It, look, like I said before, this is going to be a very interesting because you know you got you have four uh, four Big Ten East teams in the top ten in the AP, so but they're all going to be playing each other in the next few weeks, so it's going to definitely be a dog fight in that division. And some people say that the regular season doesn't matter in NCAA. It does now more than ever. Uh, this game was featured in the late window for ABC in the afternoon. West Coast College football, as Lakina calls it, uh, Boise State upset number ten BYU twenty six seventeen. Yeah, uh, definitely derailing uh, BYU's chance of an undefeated season to record being a consideration for the New Year's Six playoff. Um, look, Boise, you know, Boise said they they were they've been in this situation multiple times. I think BYU actually beat them a few years back because they were trying mm-hmm. to go for an undefeated season. Uh, B, uh, BYU kind of you know kind of you know, derailed that for them, and also too again defense. I mean. Mm-hmm. BYU had a couple inter- had an interception and you know they were kind of you know they made the big plays on defense when they had to also to Annie Avalos who is actually their first win you know for Boise State on the road against the top ten team since he was at Boise State you know mm-hmm. back in 02. so you know good for good for him I mean there were actually some people in Boise State that thought that maybe you know he should be on the hot seat because they haven't been playing very well the last couple of years of course with COVID and whatnot but they're at five hundred now so I think this should definitely help them with their confidence. And speaking of the primetime game on ABC on uh, last Saturday, it was number nine, the Michigan Wolverines, Jim Harbaugh. His team gets a last second game winning field goal. They defeated the Nebraska Cornhuskers 32 29. You got to think Scott Frost had this game circular, especially after the fact that <laughs> Nebraska and Michigan probably could have and probably should have played each other for the national championship. But, you know, he says that Nebraska could beat him. I don't, I don't agree, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it yeah. is. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, again, their defense, you know, they were able to, despite Adrian Martinez's best effort, you know, 291 um, passing yards, you know, they had a couple of rushing yards as well, but it was also two, but it was also uh, Michigan's defense that kind of helped them save uh, Michigan in that game. And, and plus, you know, hostile environment, you got the, you know, the black shirts and, you know, the Wolverines, you know, made the big plays when they had to. So they were able to kind of, you know, save off the upset in Lincoln. Speaking of getting back on track, the 14-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish, they get back on track by defeating Virginia Tech 32-29. Keep going. <laughs> I, 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 look, look, like I said before, Notre Dame is overrated. So, and also, too, Rod Tech should have won that game. So, let's just, just keep going. Keep going. As the young kid, younger kids would say, talk to the hand. <laughs> this team will get a, a ESPN game day feature next week as they will – Face the Georgia Bulldogs, number sixteen, the Kentucky Wildcats. They 
uh, blow out LSU 42-21. Mike Seuss has his guys playing well right now. They've got some, you got some guys that could play on, uh, on that team. And I think, look, Kentucky, look, we always think of it as a basketball school, but look, every once in a while, they, you know, come up big in, in football and every few years, you know, it, it's, and it, it, this is what happened this year. I mean, I, Look, I, I, look, we'll see. We'll see because they played Georgia, you know, this weekend. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, game day is going to be there, so we'll see if Kentucky is for real. I this should it should be interesting, and we'll we'll and it, look, this is going to be a very interesting game. I know Georgia will be ready. I'm sure you know Wayne Dell Robinson had another touchdown catch for Kentucky. Remember, he's the Nebraska transfer. Speaking of, and he, you know, look has been definitely played dividends for them. Also, too, is their running, their rushing attack. Chris, you know, Rodriguez Jr. also two K of SC Smoke. You know, they had a combined <laughs> over two hundred and fifty. Yeah, I know, right? What a name. I can <laughs> what a name. Uh, but yeah, they ran a combined uh, two hundred and fifty-one yards and a touchdown for Rodriguez. So yeah, I'm yeah, look, I'm looking forward to that game. Again, we'll we'll talk more about it. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that game this weekend. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee and Sydney Brown. We're wrapping up our segment of, in terms of college football, recapping the, the week, the Saturday that was in week six in college football. Going back to the West Coast, Lakina, it was Utah. 42 USC 26. I think the USC fans are counting down to who's going to be their next head coach. <laughs> yeah, it's their first win for Utah in Los Angeles since 06. 1906. I should I should remember to correct myself. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it just the talent just isn't there for or, or the coaching. I I don't know. I mean, whoever they bring on for SC, I wish we had our, our buddy Sean Salisbury. Of course, you know he played quarterback for SC in the early 80s. But I I just I just think that at, th- at this point, I think if you're an SC fan, you just say, okay, when okay, well, okay, who are we going to fight for our coach? Okay, let, let let's get it going. Come on, but. You know, you, you got to feel for that that coaching staff and the players right now. It just like, and it, plus they've also lost some couple of guys, one of the guys that they have to injury. So, yeah, it, it's not good for not good for SC right now. And but look, you know, give give Utah their their credit. I mean, you know, they're they've kind of had their struggles. You know, Cameron Rising had three touchdown passes for Utah, three hundred six yards. Tavion Thomas had uh, one hundred thirteen yards and a touchdown run. Also, two Rising also had a, a rushing touchdown as well. And, including mm-hmm. his three uh, touchdown passes. So you got to give Utah a little bit of credit. So, Yeah, I know they were knocking on the door as far as uh, the college football playoff a couple years ago, but it was nice to see them get back on track last Saturday. Staying on the West Coast, the UCLA Bruins, Chip Kelly's crew, they dominated uh, Arizona. I think they still winless, uh, 34 to 16. Yeah, are, so yeah. Chip Kelly will keep his butt off the hot seat for another week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Arizona's kind of going through a rebuild right now. They got a brand new staff, and and look, I think if you're UCLA, they, they should help with their psyche because they've had some injury issues. So, you know, some injury issues and such. You know, they had a couple of bad losses. So, uh, sorry about that, folks. Uh, <laughs> got a got a uh, alert on my phone, but uh, yeah, same yeah, here. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm probably the same alert, but uh. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, like UCLA kind of get back on track, and look, you're still right there in the for the uh, for the Pac-12 West, so from Pac-12 South, I should say. So, yeah. you know, you're still you're still right there in the thick of it. So, still very early. You got a couple of big games coming up. So, let's see if they can, you know, keep it going. Yeah, staying on the West Coast, number twenty-five rings the San Diego Aztecs. They get by New Mexico, thirty-one-seven. Could definitely be a team to watch for for that second tier group. You know, New Year's Six. A lot has to happen for them to even be eligible for that. But mm-hmm. yeah, Rocky Long still got his team kind of sneaking around there. Like no one's really talking about them. But you know, 
fine, but you're, you're fine with that if you're San Diego State, though. <laughs> <laughs> in staying on the West Coast, the Washington State Cougars get by Oregon State Beavers 34, 31 to 24. Yeah, really, really solid game. And and you know, look, I think Wazoo. I know there have been some some weird headlines that have gone on with the coach and you know all that. I'm not going to get into it, you know, Google mm-hmm. <laughs> folks. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, look, yeah, I mean, look, I think this is another one of those sort of good, you know, solid Pac-12 you know, matchups. I mean, you know, they needed this win because they had lost a couple in a row, so they really needed. And it was kind of an upset too because up to up to this point, I mean, Oregon State was four and one, had a big win at SC. So the fact that they were able to beat them, you know, I'm talking about Wazoo. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, pretty good. It's a pretty good upset there. Uh, back to uh, locally, uh, the final line. Uh, sorry, Lamont, if you listening and watching us. Uh, <laughs> the, the Wisconsin Badgers improved their record to two and three after shutting out the final line in Champaign, twenty-four nothing. We'll skip by that. Looking, I'll give, I'll give them the silent treatment and the tap song for that team. But we told you guys it was going to be a struggle for Brett Bynum on his career in his first year, so we won't um, trash them too much. Uh, number twenty, Florida. They shut out Vanderbilt forty-two nothing. Um, back to the mid, uh, the college football in Middle America. It was Baylor over West Virginia forty-five twenty. Always a always a big uh, big game between those two teams and and look I think I, again Baylor needed this because they lost to OK State so nice little mm-hmm. sort of bounce back win for them and and look I, I kind of feel as though that maybe they can kind of you know turn the corner we'll we'll see I mean look it's still very early in the in the Big Twelve I mean there's still a lot that can happen. And a couple of scores from last Friday. It was number five, Cincinnati, the Bearcats, uh, uh, destroyed Temple 52 to three. And number 22, Arizona State, the Sun Devils, Herm Edwards, uh, they dominated Stanford 28 10. Yeah. So a nice little, like I said before, Arizona State's probably going to be the class of the Pac 12 South right now. So mm-hmm. you got to think that maybe, you know, they need this one to kind of like keep pace with and sort of like keep everyone at bay. Also, too, uh, Florida State, uh, North Carolina, unfortunately, uh, Mac Brown is still winless against Florida State. Unfortunately, with his two second now his second stint, so uh, I don't. Uh, it, it's just you know, just a tough one for for that one because there was a lot that was you know that, w- that was going to happen between them. North Carolina they were in the top fifteen, and Sam Howell was was um, supposed to be one of the Heisman candidates, and you know he had a, a, a okay showing, but he's not. He's not going to be in that that team picture anymore from the Heisman. Yeah, Mac Brown's on top of the world a couple of years ago, and then some things have fallen, fallen fast. <laughs> Good grief! All right, we're coming uh, up to the end of the first hour. It's in the books. The door is shut. Hour number two, the doors will open up after this quick timeout. We'll review the Bears' a victory over the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, right, I said it. It's not a mishap. <laughs> the Bears actually won a game against a quality opponent on the road with the Packers coming up next week. We'll re- review that, and we'll review uh, the rest of the action from week five in the NFL from yesterday. Plus, we'll have a other couple of uh, tidbits and nuggets as well. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Stay tuned. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shut out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That, that's going to be, we're going to say that three years from now, but at the same point in time for him, um, there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this, which is good too. Like that's what we want. We want that to happen. Download the free score app. Lightning fast update. So you never miss a thing. It's why the score app is one of North America's most popular sports apps. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the sports flash on the sport zone, Chicago. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to our number two, Second City Sports, along with Kim Gianni Cindy Brown, right here in Real Lab in the Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. Uh, uh, Lakina, tell people how, how they can follow you on the social media circle. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Cindy Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A 0. S I D K I D K I D A 0. If you want to comment on the Chicago Bears victory from yesterday against the Las Vegas Raiders, you can do so by going to our Facebook page at Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Place your comments in the comments section. We'll, uh, Lakina will post them up and we'll answer your questions and push your, post your comments on the air. Remember, Second City Sports airs live every Monday and every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps, whether it's an Apple iTunes Store or Google Play. You can listen and watch our shows live. If you happen to miss it, you can catch uh, the archive shows as well there on that Sports Zone Chicago app. And make sure if you want to listen to the audio version of this of this podcast, you could uh, the podcast version of the show. You could do so by simply going to War or Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in that search engine box on your podcast platform. W A R R on Anchor. Of course, follow the guys at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Lakina, the Bears shot the you know what out of me. Of course, of course, myself along with you and Christine Manica, uh, we all picked the Raiders to win on Friday because we were all wrong. As fans, we are happily to be wrong because the Bears came out of Las Vegas yesterday with a 29 victory. The Bears improved their record to 3-2 and two with the Packers coming up 
up next week. We'll get more into a preview of that contest on our next show on Friday. Lakina, let's take a look at the numbers from the Bears offense yesterday. Justin Fields, 12 of 20 for 111 yards. He was sat twice, but he threw a touch, touchdown pass to Jared Halstead. And, of course, the um, the Bears had a great game plan of running the football yesterday. Khalil Herbert, uh, the rookie running back, had 18 carries for 75 yards, 64 yards, uh, rushing was the stat line for uh, Damian Williams. He had a, a great touchdown run toward the end of that first half in yesterday's contest. Of course, we'll get into the defense in just a moment. That's what that's what uh, helped the Bears also to win the game. Lakina, let's focus in on the offense. Just uh, Justin Fields looked okay yesterday. I thought he could have looked a little bit better. I know he high extended his knee. Everybody on Twitter got scared. Of course, I didn't watch the game live. I saw it on Twitter. I was preparing to watch the White Sox game. But uh, uh, the kid is tough. The young man, I should say, is tough. He came back into the game, uh, played well. Uh, the Bears uh, established uh, the run early. Uh, their Raiders uh, front force, we told you on Friday, they're good when you're not uh, established. But the Bears set the tone yesterday by running the football. Justin Fields, he didn't run the ball as much, especially after the high extending his knee. But he was still effective in the pocket. And uh, the, the Bears offense, uh, they did their thing, especially in the first half. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, too. I didn't watch this game either very much. I kind of kept it in the background because I had other games watching on my computer. I mean, it, look, it took a, a rough in the passer penalty on, you know, on Mr. Fields to get the Bears going. And, and, and look, that's fine. I mean, you know, the Raiders just showed, unfortunately, they were back to being the Raiders that we know and love with their yeah. being undisciplined and everything. You know, the Bears had their bad penalties, too. We'll get to that in a little bit. But mm -hmm. and, and look, I think Khalil Hubbard, I think he kind of, you know, established it by the, with the run early also. So Damian Williams had a very good run too to keep the drives going. Mm -hmm. the, you, know, the, you know, they didn't have uh, the Rays didn't have an answer. You know, Fields was was okay. I mean, he wasn't. You know, he didn't make any mistakes, and, but he wasn't. You know, splashy or spectacular either. So, you know, it's it, it's fine. I mean, you did enough to win against a, a Raiders team that okay, you're about even with them. Again, I really like I said, I really have nothing to say about this game because uh, again, I mean, <laughs> they they reverted like the Raiders reverted back to being exactly what they are. So um, I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not going to go on a long tangent about it. I mean, look, the, the defense, you know, was the one, you know, you kind of felt that, I don't know if it was some gamesmanship on Khalil and Max part by saying, you know, oh, he has a, oh, he has a, a foot and he had a rib and, you know, then it's not going to be 100%. He may not play and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, he looked pretty okay to me. Now, again, he might have been sore afterwards, but, you know, you know I'm sure he loved playing the Raiders. Now, can we get this Khalil and Mack like every single game? You know, Roquan Smith had 10 tackles. So, and that's, you know, oh, oh, okay, great. You know, look, we, he's showing you why he's one of the best defensive uh, guys in the league. I mean, Eddie Jackson made a tackle. He made some tackles. Yay. I mean, oh, okay, great. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, again, I mean, look, they, they ran the ball and they played, they, they played good defense. You know, plus they were able to feed off the crowd because you know, there were a lot, I would say there were maybe like a, maybe like about 40% Bears fans that were there. So, yeah, just I, looking at it. Yeah, just looking at it on TV, it looked like it was about 50-50, but your your estimate is probably more correct, about 60-40 Bears fans. You know, 40% Bears fans, 60% uh, Raiders take, yeah. fans. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so you, know, you of course, you got a lot of Chicago folks that probably live out there in Vegas. You know, guys, you know, some you know, folks, you know, took the trip to Vegas. So, you know, okay, okay, bravo. You, you beat a team that you're probably pretty much even with anyway. And the, like I said, the Raiders were starting to kind of, you know, fall off, fall off anyway, come back to reality. So I'm not, like I said before, I mean, you know, again, do this against the better teams or the really good teams and then, you're, and then look, I'll take you seriously. Right now, I'm just gonna give you like the meh. Sorry, meh. 
We'll see how your tone changes for Friday. <laughs> Taking a look at the Bears receiving numbers. Darner Mooney led the team with 35 yards, re- receiving off with three catches. Allen Robinson with four catches for 32 yards. Cole Komet, it was nice to see him featured in the offense, although I thought he could be featured a little bit more. He had two catches of, of for 22 yards. Damian Williams out of the backfield, two catches for 20 yards. Marquise Goodwin had only had one catch for eight yards. Yeah, I, I mean, look, you really didn't have to do too much. Like I said before, I think – and like I said before, I mean, Fields didn't really have to do too much. I mean, I, I think, look, he you – know, they established the road right away. They didn't really have to throw. Jasper Horst had had the only touchdown for the Bears. I mean, oh, you know, look, you know, the, the legend of Jasper Horst said, I mean, you know, let, let's see. You know, he's definitely going to be another one of those cold <laughs> figures here in Chicago. But uh, – and, and look, I mean, like I said, you didn't really have to do too much. I mean, especially since the Raiders, you know, they were undisciplined. You were able to actually feed off that, so – like I said before, it's hard for me to take to sort of like, you know, look at this game. Like, oh, my God, the Bears got a big win. No, like the Bears, okay, yeah, you, you took advantage of another team being, you know, making stupid mistakes and, you know, not disciplined. Okay, you did too, but, you know, but again, they made more <laughs> stupid penalties and such. Take a look at the numbers for the other side for the Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr was 22 of 35. He had a 67.1 QB rating. He had an interception off of 206 yards passing. As we mentioned on Friday, uh, um, the Raiders can rush the ball. Uh, they didn't do so much of a good job on that yesterday. Josh Jacobs, their top running back, had 15 carries for 48 yards. Uh, Kenyon Drake, two carries for 11 yards. Of course, Derek Carr had three carries for 10 yards. So uh, the Bears front line did a, a tremendous job. And as you mentioned, Roquan Smith, uh, that Bears defense, they were on point yesterday, especially running the ball, uh, the, uh, the Raiders running the ball. They didn't get off. Uh, running the ball as much as I thought they were due. So give the Bears defense, especially their front four, credit for shutting down their Raiders uh, offensive attack in terms of rushing. Now in the receiving department, Hunter Riffro had six catches for 56 yards. Uh, Henry Ruggs had three catches for 51 yards. That was huge because we mentioned him on our um, Bears-Raiders preview last Friday. You had to watch out for him. The Bears Pretty much kept him in check. Jalen Johnson, great job for him, as well as the Bears' top defensive back. Uh, Darren Waller had four catches for 45 yards. And, of course, Edwards, who had a drop early in the game, only had two catches for 22 yards. Yeah, it seems like there. I don't. I don't know if there was some stuff that went on. You know, of course, there was some stuff that came out about John Gruden. The you know the Raiders just did not look like the Raiders team. I think they. I don't want to say that they. I'm not making excuses for them, but it's just like they. Yeah. They seemed you know very relaxed. After you know everything, I don't know, but they thought that you know, that the crowd, and the, you know, that some of them were Bears fans. They were just as loud as the Raider fans, and and everything. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed like yeah, they kind of went away from the game plan. Why didn't they run the ball with Jacobs more? I mean, we, and Drake. I mean, why didn't they try to sort of you know, they try to you know to give it you know to, to Rugs the third? I mean, you know, like I said before, I mean, it's, it's hard for me to you know really kind of grasp that the Bears are better than the Raiders. I just think that look, this is one of this is one of those years where look, every year, couple of years, the Bears always win a game. They have no business winning. This is probably one of those games. And you know, going back to the Raiders for just a second, re- remember I brought up Jonathan Abram on on, on Friday. Uh, he, he delivered that injury, that big hit to Justin Fields early, and of course, uh, Justin Fields had another big hit that was given to him, which he had extended his knee. As as a head coach, Matt Nagy said earlier today in his presser, it does, he doesn't think that that injury is, uh, is as serious as uh, is, shouldn't be as serious going forward. I'm just paraphrasing here a little bit as the Bears uh, get ready to play the Packers. Lakina, the Bears, def- the Bears offense looked good in that first half, considered what the situation was, but I thought they could have put up a couple more touchdowns in that second half because they were dominant 
but uh, the, the Raiders kept shooting themselves in the foot. The Bears took advantage of it walking out of there with a 29 victory. It should have been 31-9, 35-9 because the Bears' performance, especially in that first half, was that dominant. You had to give it up to the defense. But Lakina, uh, even though Justin Fields was sacked twice, he lost another fumble, which he should be working on. Give the uh, I know Jermaine Fetty was injured, but early in the game, but give the Bears offensive line credit. I know that we were uh, going back and forth with them early in the season, but I'll give them at least uh, a B plus. Uh, they were great yesterday, especially when it came to running the football. They not the Raiders def uh, defensive lineman off the block. Yeah, I think Herbert had a lot to do with that too. I think, mm -hmm. but I think the problem is now that you know teams now have tape on him. So they're going to try and see, okay, can we slow this? Can we slow this guy down? I mean, he's the sixth rounder from Vodtech. You know, he had a pretty good, you know, good career there. So now you got, now they got tape on him. You know, he's probably going to end up sharing, you know, with Williams for the next couple of weeks. But again, you know, look at a nice showing. Okay. Keep it going. Keep it consistent. I mean, I, like I said, like I said before, I mean, like if they can do this on a consistent basis, the problem is that they have not proven to me that they can do this on a consistent basis. They will be good one game, you know, for a couple games against against so so and not good teams. And then when they play against the great teams, you know, they so again, keep let's keep it moving. Let's keep it going. Yeah, we'll keep it moving. Of course, on our Friday show coming up this Friday, we'll give you a, a Packers Bears preview because there's that's going to be a great um game. Hopefully it'll be a great game, but that's gonna be a a, a good preview from us here on Second City Sports this coming Friday. So uh the, the Packers and the Bears will battle it out for first place in the NFC North. We'll give you the our preview coming up on our next episode, which is this coming Friday right here on Sports Zone Chicago. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago, Second City Sports Sid Lakina here with you as we now going to review the uh the uh all the games from yesterday in week five from the National Football League. Lakina, let's start off with those Green Bay Packers. Kicker Mason Crosby missed three field goals in the final three minutes for the green and gold, but and but he came back and bounced back with the game winner overtime, defeating the Cincinnati Bengals on the road 25-22. That whole game was just weird from start to finish. Like that was just a you know, if you go for folks that didn't get a chance to watch it initially, and it was you know, it was kind of like kicking and you know. Crosby had missed a few field goals. Uh, McPherson missed a, field, a couple of field goals for the Bengals. He actually thought that in, uh, in overtime, he actually thought that he actually nailed a field goal. He was celebrating, but <laughs> yeah, hell no, was, was like no. I think like, I think like, I think one of the I think one of the, uh, his uh, I think one of his receivers told him like no, dude, you 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 missed it, you missed it. <laughs> it was just I, I felt, yeah, I know. I yeah, I, I felt so bad for Evan McPherson. That was just like of course we all remember that little that gift you know, with Nick Young you know years ago when he was playing for the Lakers. You know he had a you know a three pointer and then he did the whole yeah. like, celebrating and then it, it, it bricked horribly so that, that that people were bringing that up but you know like, i think crosby you know he was four for seven for field goals i don't know what happened there it you know, it was just like what, what what happened but you know he made he nailed the field goal when they had to and they got out of there with a win our first london game of 2021 took place yesterday it was the atlanta falcons over the new york jets 27 20 matt ryan had a great game 300 yards passing a couple of touchdown passes Rookie tight end for the Falcons out of Florida. Cal Pitts had a great game. Yeah, this sort of like a, a breakthrough, you know, a game for him. So, yeah, look, I think Atlanta, this, I think Atlanta was sort of like the, I don't want to say they were like the, the trending team, but I think they were, people were probably picking them. And, you know, they had some bad losses, but they seem like they're kind of, you know, putting the, you know, on track now. Mm -hmm. You know, they, you know, Matt Ryan had two touchdowns, Cordero Powers, and I think, you know, was knocked out of the game for a little bit. Then he came, mm -hmm. then he did came back. 
Um, you know, Pitts had an, a nice little run, like you said, and they you know, and they were. And, yeah, I mean, they just just not to win. I mean, they, they, they you know Jalen Hawkins had an interception for them, but again, you know, it really wasn't you know the you know, the Pizzazzi Atlanta team that we've seen in years past. But again, they did just not to win this game. It was the Minnesota Vikings over the uh, over the now still winless Detroit Lions, nineteen seventeen. I watched the majority of this game live via my computer, as we talked about on Friday, Lakina. Uh, Minnesota needed to win this game. They, they were in danger of losing it, or, as I said, or else uh, Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer would be staring down uh, the <laughs> staring down a pink slip and a link card. But Lakina, the Vikings offense struggled again. Uh, Alexander Matheson, who subbed in for an injured Dalvin Cook, he had a decent game. He scored the only touchdown in the game for the Vikings. He lost a fumble late after the two men warning the Lions took advantage of it. They went and scored and actually converted on a two-point conversion. But uh, Kirk Cousins, give him credit. No timeouts for the Vikings. Let him down to a game-winning field goal drive. And the kicker, uh, rookie kicker Joseph of the Vikings, nailed down a 54-yarder. Yeah, he actually had Minnesota was very lucky. Yeah, well, well, look, look at the Bears. I mean, come on now, Sid. That's not, let's not, you know, <laughs> let's not, let's not throw stones, those stones here. But uh, yeah, I mean, Greg, Greg Jeff, Joseph actually had missed uh, one prior to that, so mm-hmm. that was a definitely a nice confidence boost for him. I mean, oh look, I, oh look, I mean, oh look, Kirk, Kirk Cousins. If you saw that little video that's been going making the rounds on uh, Twitter. You know, you know, yelling at you know Mike Zimmer. You like that if you could read his lips. But, <laughs> Give him uh, a weird shove. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit odd, but you know, really, you know, coach and quarterback, it's sort of oh, that's a bonding that <laughs> it's a little, always a little bit weird. But, but yeah, I, I mean, look, I think Minnesota needed this win. I, I think because of everything that happened. So and also too, I mean, Detroit. Look, they, they look. I don't know what well, Coach Campbell has to do. I mean, he actually did a gutsy thing and it made it, but it was enough. So that that win their games, Detroit is. I think you know. With the exception of the, of the game last week against the Bears, where they probably should have won that game, if we're going to be honest, but you know they'll they'll, they'll win their share of games, I, I think. But again, you know, it, it, it's, it's unfortunately that stuff happens. But you know, look, Minnesota needed this win, so and they got it. According to great, the late great R and B slash pop singer James Ingram, sometimes I did my best but my best just wasn't good enough. That's for the Detroit Lions. Not to throw stones, but I actually felt sorry for him for a little bit uh, watching that game yesterday. Moving on. In the AFC battle in the Steel City, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Denver Broncos, 29-17. Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. It was announced a couple hours ago that he's going to miss the remainder of the season due to a shoulder injury, which he left left the game for yesterday. Ben Roethlisberger was roughed up again. Like, you know, I did pick Pittsburgh to win, but... Things are not right in the Steel City. Denver, give them credit. They 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 hung around. They hung around. They just couldn't come through. Chase Claypool, the second-year wide receiver, actually stepped up, had a, had a big game yesterday, had a touchdown catch. Deontay Johnson had another touchdown catch. He's on my fantasy team. I didn't start him yesterday, but it didn't matter. But uh, Pittsburgh escapes with an eight-point victory at home. Yeah, you can kind of tell that maybe the travel might have been, has something to do with the, you know, the West Coast, you know, playing a, a, a noon game on the East mm-hmm. Coast. You got to figure that that kind of played a part. You know, Denver did get it going, but it, you know, it was maybe too little too late. I mean, you know, Corlin Sutton had a touchdown catch 120 receiving yards um Teddy Bridgewater had a couple of touchdown passes mm-hmm. and an interception um probably should have ran the ball more I, I think especially since you know they couldn't get it going on offense with the with uh, throwing so maybe probably should have ran the ball more now as for Pittsburgh I mean that's a big loss for them losing Schuster mm-hmm. you know Smith Schuster so th- that's gonna be the thing you know Najee Harris had a, a nice showing too still you know on, on the bright side 122 
rushing yards and a touchdown. I think that's the most by a rookie through the first five weeks of the season for Pittsburgh since Franco Harris, you know, have a rushing touchdown mm-hmm. and rush for over a hundred yards in each of their, his last, his first five games, I should say. So Franco Harris in his rookie year. So that's a, I have to say, you gotta think that's a pretty good, <laughs> that's a pretty good company. So, uh, but yeah, I think the injury is starting to matter for Pittsburgh. So they got a second win, but it was a costly one. They, they play the bears in a few weeks on Monday night football. We'll see how, uh, that goes. Uh, in the Battle of Florida, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Miami Dolphins, 45-17. Lakina, I did watch some of this game live via my computer. The Miami Dolphins actually stayed with the Buccaneers in that first half, even into the start of the second half. But it was too much time, Brady, over 400 yards passing, including five touchdown passes, two of them to Mike Evans. No, not the one from good times, <laughs> but two of them to Mike Evans and two to Antonio Brown, including his first touchdown, Lakina. Uh, Antonio Brown, he ran like he did during his first couple years in Pittsburgh. Uh, so Tampa Bay picked it up in the second half. They were dominant and they went at home. Yeah, I mean, that was just a, I, you know, what more can you say about Tom Brady? I mean, he's still breaking records at 42 years old. I, I don't know what, I don't know what he's taking. <laughs> I don't know what he's using, but I think he should sell it because I'm sure he'll make millions off of it. That's where, <laughs> that's where Antonio Brown, he had, he, he reached 900 career receptions on his first catch. You know, he, the, you know, he reached that market 143 games fastest in NFL history, breaking the record of Martin, Martin Harrison's record. He did 149 mm-hmm. games. So, you know, congrats. I, I know he had some legal issues. Okay. But you know what? We're talking about stuff on the field. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I think the defense need a, a nice little uh, pick me up. And, and and they did. I mean, they sacked Jacoby Brissett three times. So, you know, again, they did just enough to win that game. You know, Sue had a, recovered a fumble. So if you're the Tampa Bay defense and you had kind of sort of, you know, been lagging, you know, first, you know, last couple of weeks, this sort of was a game that kind of like got you back on track. We'll see if they can keep it up. In our nation's capital, it was the New Orleans Saints over the Washington football team, 33-22. I did catch a little bit of this game via my computer. Shout out to our good friend of the show, Spiro Diaz. He called this game for CBS yesterday. Uh, Jameis Winston had a Hail Mary touchdown pass to Callaway to end the first mm-hmm. half. Ava Kamara had a touchdown uh, catch late. Washington, they battled hard, but uh, it, was, it was the Saints. And Jameis Winston, even though he had a turnover early, he got back on track for the road team. Yeah, and that was the key, right? He had that early, mm-hmm. you know, interception, but was able to, you know, bounce back in four touchdowns and you know, including that, including that Hail Mary at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, Taylor Heineke, unfortunately, kind of went back to being a Taylor Heineke that, you know, that way he was a journeyman, had two interceptions. You know, Gibson, Antonio Gibson had two touchdown rushes, but it, it wasn't enough. I mean, you know, the the Saints did just enough to win this game. They had a couple. They had a couple of interceptions by PJ Williams and Paulson Adebo. So, you know, again, the Saints have been up and down too. But again, you'll take this win. And our next game from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, of course, it was uh, it was the Philadelphia Eagles over the Carolina Panthers in comeback fashion, twenty one eighteen. Greg Olson was a part of the number two broadcast team for Fox. He was uh, the former one time former Panther. He was honored before the game, of course, with to a standing ovation. Lakina, I did watch some of this game live via my computer. Carolina was dominating in that first half, but. They just didn't have enough in the second half. The Eagles wore them down, especially in the running game. Got a couple of turnovers. Sam Darnold, who was actually playing well up until yesterday, he had an interception, thrown an interception as well. Uh, Jalen Hurts approved his worth yesterday. And the Philadelphia, they earned that victory in comeback fashion. 
Yeah, I kind of had this game, so like in my background too, in my red zone setup. So I was sort of keeping my eye on this one. Sort of was to mm-hmm. come out of a surprise. I think you know the way that the, the Panthers were playing. You know, people thought mm-hmm. that maybe they can kind of you know an easy, easy game. But like you said, of course, the Sam Darnold went back to being the New, you know, New York Jets to Sam mm-hmm. Darnold. You know, with three interceptions. So and also two, you know, two rushing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. I mean. The deal. The first the first guy to do that in multiple games since Randall Cunningham. He did it in, in three games. It's the second game that Hurts has done. It had two rushing touchdowns. So, you know, this is like I like I'm not like I'm not saying the Eagles can turn the corner, but I think mm-hmm. this is going to be one of those things where if it comes down to a wild card, I think this could be one of those wins for Eagle, for the Eagles or one of those losses for the Panthers. It probably could cost you a, a wild card spot. Remember, for the Eagles, they're under a first-year head coach. For the Panthers, you talk about Matt Rule. Uh, he's a second year. He's in the second year with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, as we talked about even last year, Lakeen, I like the tone that Mr. Rule set uh, for the Carolina Panthers. It's showing up more this year despite yesterday's loss. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago as we recap the week uh, weeks five of the National Football League. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Lakina, let's uh, wrap up a couple of the early games before we hit the bottom of the hour. It was the Tennessee Titans getting back on track with a 37-19 division win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I did turn to this game once, Lakina. I saw the highlights. Jacksonville, they were kind of, sort of in it, but it was too much Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans. 130 yards and three rushing touchdowns for Mr. Henry. Like I said, four there you keys. go. <laughs> Keep look, look, keep feeding Derrick Henry, and you're you're in pretty good shape, especially if you have on your fantasy team. I don't, unfortunately, come someone got him before I could I could draft him. But yeah, I mean, and look, a valiant effort from the you know, for Jags. I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence threw a touchdown. Actually, had a t- touchdown run. James Robinson rushed for 149 yards and a touchdown. You got to think he's probably going to be a sought after guy. I think this is the last year of his rookie contract. You know, no one's mm-hmm. really no one really paying attention to him, but. And look, as for the as for the Titans, I mean, look, they needed this win. I think after everything, you know, their last you know, couple of couple of weeks sort of been up and down for them. But look, I think I think they're realizing you know you have Derrick Henry on your team for a reason. Use him, and that's what they did. So they were able to kind of keep the Jags off the field. And and look, the Jaguars put together a pretty good effort. I don't think they were doing this for him. I think they were doing this for themselves, not for their head coach, Urban Meyer. Again, we won't go into that, but, you know, it's – look, I think this is a good performance by the Titans. Uh, one question about Urban Meyer. We won't get into what, what we talked about very limited last week with the, the whole incident with the lap dance or any, uh, anything like that. But going back to what happened yesterday, like, you know, of course, Jacksonville will play the Miami Dolphins in the second of three games in London next uh, next Sunday. That game could be seen on CBS at 8.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Lakina, if Jacksonville loses that game next Sunday, we've seen it happen before. Of course, remember Joe Philbin back in Miami with the Miami Dolphins about 10, 12 years ago. The the Dolphins were suffering from one of the worst starts to a season in a long time. He got the pink slip and link card on his way back here from London. Do you suspect the same thing happened to Urban Meyer now? They, if Jacksonville loses a close one or just not competitive at all, do you see that? Uh, do you see uh, Urban Meyer losing his job or do or if they get blown out? By a bad Miami Dolphins team, do you expect Urban Meyer to get the pink slip by the time he gets back here next, back to America next week? No, <laughs> brother. Uh, oh <laughs> boy. Uh, look, look. I already said that. I already took the under whether or not he's gonna probably gonna resign or they'll you know get rid of him by Thanksgiving, and I'm sticking by that. I don't okay. know if this will, it'll happen this after you know next you know this weekend coming up after the game against the Dolphins, no matter what the result. But I, I think, I think after everything that's happened, I, I think. 
I think he just wants to get out of there. I think he realizes that, oh, yeah, you, you can't really do that stuff, some of that stuff if people actually pay attention to whatever. So, and then travel with the team following that loss to Cincinnati. That uh, That's really that's a big tell sign. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you called Tony Dungy's comments last night on Sunday Night Football, which we'll get to the Sunday Night Football game after this break. But he said he was just, a, I'm paraphrasing, he was just appalled that Urban Meyer didn't travel with the team back. And most of the uh, people in the organization didn't know that he didn't travel back with the team. Yeah, and that's got, really yeah, a, like a, a bad yeah. sign. Yeah, yeah, that's never a good sign when they don't know, when your own team doesn't know that you don't travel with them. They had to hear from, I guess, from the press or on social media. So, yeah, that's not a good look. And, and I think, look, as I said before, it's going to be very interesting the rest of the season. He's lost that locker room as we had that mm -hmm. unidentified player you know, said it. So, you know, they had a valiant effort yesterday. But I think, like I said, they, I think they were playing more for themselves, not for each other, mm -hmm. not for him. So, again, like I said before, I don't think he'll last a season. I mean, whether it's after this London game against Miami, whatever the result, but he's he's out of there. Uh, before we take our break, the last of the early game seals, the New England Patriots that come behind fashion, come from behind fashion over the Houston Texans 25-22. Their rookie quarterback, Mills Lakina, uh, he showed me something yesterday. Maybe Houston has something going forward. Now, on the on the flip side for the New England, Matt Jones struggled a little bit early. Uh, the rest of that team offensively did as well. But they, uh, Bill Belichick, I don't know what he did at halftime, but that Patriots team turned up in that second half. Yeah, they they sacked on Mills three times, and like I said before, I think that defense. If anything, you know, they're not the they're not a playoff team. I know people want to tout them that they are. You know, they got rid of Stephen Gilmore. And, you know, so I, I just don't – it's not happening this year for the Patriots. I mean, they could probably – they'll probably be, you know, be teetering over five to, you know, just at 500. So I'm not worried about um, – this was a nice one. They were down most of the game. <clears throat> excuse me. They scored <clears throat> – oh, excuse me. I can't talk for some reason. Um, I thought it was a little dry. I got to deal with it. They were coming to break. Uh, <clears throat> Ten unanswered points, you know, that led them to the victory. So – Ew, oh, okay. Yeah, you, you beat them. They'll probably, like I said, they're they're still twenty three. They'll probably be like barely at five hundred when it's all said and done. So, like I said, I'm not. I know the Patriots were getting another one of those trendy teams. Oh, they could probably sneak in there and get one of the AFC wild cards. Mm -mm. No, and we're gonna find out too after <laughs> after the break. You know, we talk about the some of the other teams and some other parts, other divisions of the AFC. Yeah, so can you mention we reached the bottom of the hour. We're going to take our last break. On the flip side, more sports and more fun as Second City Sports continues as we review the late games in the Sunday night contest with the Buffalo Bill, featuring the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. So plus, we'll have another uh, couple of uh, nuggets and tidbits from the other parts of the sports world. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live and in living color on Sports Zone Chicago. Stay tuned. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In Sunday's Major League Baseball action, the Cubs got pounded 9-1 at home against Kansas City. The White Sox shot out on the road 9-0 at Tampa. NFL preseason on Saturday, the Bills hammered the Bears 41-15. Andy Dalton, 11 of 17, passing 146 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Justin Fields, 9 of 19 for 80 yards. Head coach Matt Nagy says Dalton remains the week one starter and that Fields is ahead of schedule. When you look at a guy like Justin and you see the things that he's doing, um, are there some things that he can get better at? Yeah, for sure. That that's going to be we're going to say that three years from now but at the same point in time for him um there's also things that he's doing better probably than we thought coming into this which is good too like that's what we want we want that to happen download the free score app lightning fast updates so you never miss a thing it's why the score app is one of north america's most popular sports apps 
I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. Automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports right here, live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee, pulling our best Bob Sarai, getting back just in time in front of the camera. <laughs> I'm Sydney Brown. Uh, Lakina, let's uh, wrap up the show in our last segment by reviewing the late games from yesterday in the National Football League, of course, including yes. the Sunday Night Football Contest, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Uh, the first of the late games, uh, this was very entertaining. I, I actually was going back and forth between another game and this featured game. It was the Los Angeles Chargers, or as we call them on the show, the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles. Uh, <laughs> it was the Chargers over the Cleveland Browns, 47-42. Cleveland had a two-touchdown lead uh, to start the second half, but Justin Herbert, he's become the new bad man on the planet. Uh, he got the job done in the second half. And uh, as I said, uh, when we did our uh, – uh, preview, see a uh, regular season preview segment. I said the Chargers will make the playoffs. I actually had them in the playoffs last year too, but that didn't come to fruition. But I had them going to the playoffs this year. Uh, so far, so good, Lakina. This Chargers team is for real. I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl or anything like that, but Justin Herbert, the second year quarterback out of Oregon, he's the real deal. Period. In the story. Just an amazing, this is a great game. Like I said, it was a seesaw battle between the two of them. Okay, apparently, again, this is another one of those games where if you like defense, this wasn't a game for you. Sorry, um, <laughs> it wasn't that, a game, it was, wasn't a great game for the Cleveland Browns defensively either. I know Jadavia oh Planner didn't play yesterday, yeah. but that secondary got torched. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it really did. And Herbert was able to kind of expose that. You know, of course, Mike Williams had a couple of those touchdown, pa- touchdown catches from Herbert. Herbert also had a, a a touchdown run also to Austin Eckler. You know, he had the including the game went two of those uh, touchdown runs, including the game winning touchdown rush. So it was it was just like just a, a, a great game. And like you said before, Sid, I mean they just both secondaries just got didn't you know just got torn. Although the Chargers secondary actually did, you know, just enough like to kind of like keep them from, you know, you know, they, yeah. they, they, they stepped up when they had to. So they didn't play a great game. But yeah, you, you look, you say that the Chargers should be undefeated right now. They should be undefeated, but we won't get into that. But we won't go there. But uh <laughs> But uh, look, I mean, look, that was just a, one, probably the best game of the season so far. Just a back and forth seesaw battle. And look, I think Herbert is only his second year. I mean, it's showing you that, yeah, this guy's actually pretty good. In Fox's America's Game of the Week, the Dallas Cowboys destroyed the New York football giants 44-20. Dak Prescott continues to look good. Ezekiel Elliott continues to look good after having a horrible year last year. 
Uh, Tony Pilot looks good as well, the backup running back. On the flip side for the New York football giants, Saquon Barkley, a year removed from his torn ACL injury. He accidentally stepped on another player's foot from the Cowboys, and you, I don't know if you saw that big bump on his ankle. It did not look good. He was carted off the field. And quarterback Daniel Jones, who uh, uh, many critics, uh, including yours, surely had questions about, he scored the touchdown, I believe, at the end of the first half. I actually saw this live. Uh, he was uh, carted off the field uh, due to a concussion injury. Uh, Mike Glennon, yes, folks, Bears fans, Mike Glennon uh, mm -hmm. came in in relief for the New York Football Giants in a second half. Actually looked competitive, but it was too much Zeke, too much Dak. The Cowboys uh, ran away with this one in the second half. Yeah, look, and also too, you feel bad for the Giants because they lost a they lost a lot of guys to injury. Yeah, I mean, especially you know, Saquon Barkley, man, that was Jones, a freak injury. Jones, you know, Barkley, Slayton, you know, Darius uh, Darius Slayton got out, you know, was out, you know, for an injury too, and they like that 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 staff that that medical staff. Oh boy, uh, and look as as far as the Cowboys, like I said, I'm not gonna sit here. I, I'm sure like the the national plans will say, oh well, the Cowboys are the best team in the league, and blah blah blah. Okay, look. <laughs> Look, I mean, look, Dak Prescott, you know, look, he showed you why he deserved that big money extension. You know, 302 yards, three touchdowns. You know, Zeke, 110 uh, rushing touchdown. You know, he did his thing. You know, CeeDee Lamb and, you know, Amara Cooper each had, a touch, had that touchdown catch. Um, look, Trevon Diggs, you know, had another interception. You know, it, he, I, I, you know, if you remember him from from Alabama from a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. from last year, I should say, and he's kind of definitely – to finally show you that he is one of the you know, the top secondary guys in the league. So, you know, you know, very good. He was actually actually leads the league in uh he has you know six interceptions, which leads the league. So, you know, he's another reason why their defense, so they get they get Lyle Collins back. You know, we'll see how they look. But again, I want you I want them to actually be a a, a good team. I know they beat the Chargers, but let's face it, the refs actually helped them out with that. I'm still second by that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> they haven't like they haven't played really good schedule. I mean, they, they kept it close with the with the Bucks, you know, in the in the opener, you know, couldn't pull it off. So yeah, you can say they were they could be undefeated. They shouldn't be, but but you know what, they're four and one. I want to see them do this against better competition. And speaking of better competition, the Arizona Cardinals still remain the NFL's only undefeated team going 5-0 after their 17-10 close win over division rival San Francisco 49ers. I did watch the majority of this game live via my computer. Um, what's his name? Mark Sanchez, the former quarterback, called this game mm -hmm. along with Kevin Kluger and Laura Oakman for Fox. Uh, Trey Lance didn't look that bad, Lakina. I know this was his mm. first professional start. I know his parents were in the stands yesterday. I don't know if you saw uh, some of the shots. Uh, yeah. But Trey Lance's mother couldn't look. But I <laughs> in a way, I, in a way, I don't blame it because San Francisco's offense was shoddy at times. But it really wasn't Trey Lance's fault completely. Uh, San Francisco, uh, as we said before, the defense would be able to keep them in the game. Arizona's offense uh, didn't look that great, but sometimes it's better to be lucky and good. Kyler Murray, I don't know if he caught the touchdown pass from from him to DeAndre Hawkins late in the game. That was their saving grace, to be honest with you. I know James Conner, their backup running back, scored a touchdown early in the game, but it was San Francisco's defense that kept the 49ers in that game. Now, I think still the 49ers will be better off with Trey Lance going forward, but this is kind of what I expected. We called it on Friday, Lakina. It was going to be a close game. It turned out it was, but San Francisco didn't have an, enough offensively to overtake Arizona. Yeah, we'll see how uh, Lance does with a full week of practice. I know that you know that 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 old line for the 49ers is sort of mm, so, and they've had a lot, and mm -hmm. they had some injuries there. 
but look, he did what he can. He had that early interception to Bubba Baker, but you know, he actually didn't do too bad. If you can think about it, you give him probably give him the same grade you get Justin Fields, maybe like a B, <laughs> you know, a solid B, you know, for both of them. But and, and look, Kyler Murray, I mean, you know, he did what he had to, you know, late, you know, especially we go up against his division rival. You know, he's the third player in NFL history to have 1,500 passing yards already and 75% completion in the first five games of the season, you know, joining got, uh, Peyton Manning in 13 and Drew Brees in, who did in 2018. That's actually not bad, not too bad of a company. But again, look, they lost, but also they lost Max Woods like, for the year with a knee injury. So you gotta think, we'll see how, you know, how that, you know, shapes up, you know, next guy up, you know, for the, for the Cardinals in that front. But I think, look, they gotta play again. So we'll see if, you know, 49ers get their revenge. But look, I think the chart, you know, well, you know, actually, you know what? We're gonna actually the team we're actually gonna be talking about in a little bit. I think that that team is gonna be is the best team in the NFL right now. Keep going, said. Uh, speaking of that best team in the NFL, that's the Buffalo Bills. Uh, after the hour and two um, rain slash thunder delay, the Buffalo Bills get it done on the road, defeating the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, thirty-eight twenty. Josh Allen, as you mentioned, looked good. Patrick Mahomes on the flip side didn't look so good. They had a, a few turnovers. I don't know if I want to blame the weather for the Kansas City Chiefs' um, poor performance. But it was that Buffalo Bills defense. That's what it came down to. I know I was the lone guy that in our picks on Friday, you and Christine uh, picked Buffalo. I picked Kansas City. I thought Kansas City would step up, especially at home in prime time. That wasn't the case. I'm not going to give them the excuse of the weather. Uh, both teams had to play in it. Uh, Kansas City there, two and three. I'm not going to sit here and say that the season's over, that they're, they're going to miss the playoffs. It's too soon to do that, even in a 17-game, 18-week regular season. Uh, assuming that Kansas City can turn this around, around which I think they will, uh, this means that they're not going to get that first-round bye as of right now. They're going to be playing a wild-card weekend. Boy, that's a big in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. look, they they had a couple of uh, key injuries. Um, it looks like they actually uh, missed the mark on both. Missed you know, the the worst of both of them. Tyreek Hill suffered a uh, quote unquote minor injury. You know, they don't expect him to miss any time. I guess kind of similar to what happened with with um, Justin Fields for the Bears. But uh, this is another big one too. You know, Edwards Elaire, Clyde Edwards Elaire suffered a sprained MCL mm-hmm. and could miss a few weeks. So you gotta think that's gonna be an issue there, the injuries. And also too, the defense just doesn't look very good. I mean, Frank Clark in his first, you know, his first game back, I mean, he had a, you know, they actually, you know, forced Buffalo to three and out, but yet he roughed uh, Josh Allen. So yeah, he had a dumb penalty last night. That yeah. was just a stupid mm-hmm. penalty. So that led that yeah. actually led to a touchdown. So, you know, it did, like I said before, I think the Bills, you know, minus that, you know, that terrible first game against uh, the, the Steelers, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you that they just weren't, they might just, they just weren't ready for that game just yet. But like you said before, I mean, it's the, the defense. I mean, they, Forced, you know, they forced Mahomes into, you know, something he's, he's used to doing. You know, he forced him, and, you know, a couple of interceptions out of him. And and, and look, I, I think, look, you know, they wanted to send the message the Bills did that, hey, you know what? If, you know, things had not had fallen differently, they probably could have went to the Super Bowl last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, this past season, I should, you know, last season, I should say. So, yeah, I mean, look, I think Buffalo is the best team in the AFC, perhaps not in the NFL. They're doing it on both on both sides. I mean, their defense has been pretty solid. Micah High had one of those two interceptions. Look, Josh Allen is showing you that he had, he had also Justin Herbert are probably like you know going back and forth. Right, I think for NFL MVP and look the mm-hmm. rushing they really didn't have to they really didn't have to do too much with the rushing. I mean their you know their air attack I think kind of kept them going also to their defense so they really didn't need the rushing game too much. But you know 
but again, look, still a lot of season left, so we're not gonna, you know, I'm not, I don't like touting folks. We're only like rolling about a little bit third, a quarter, I should say, through the season. So, but right now, I would say Buffalo is the best team in the NFL right now. That's a very fair point. Shout out to head coach of the Bills, Sean McDermott. He's really getting the job done for that team in Western New York State. Uh, Wrapping up week five of the NFL tonight, Lakina, is the Baltimore Ravens facing off against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, As we said in our pick segment on Friday, I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, um, And plus I have the – I call me fantasy football stupid, probably not for this week. Uh, but I got away with it. But I set the Bears defense uh, on the bench yesterday. I'm starting the Baltimore Ravens defense tonight. You know, Carson Wentz is still not totally healthy, still with the, both those ankles injured. I expect in Baltimore, I'm not saying they're going to be uh, Ray Lewis at retype defense from back in the day, but I expect the Baltimore Ravens defense to step up tonight. Lamar Jackson, don't turn the football over. Let the running game do the talking. I expect Baltimore to be dominant tonight against Indianapolis at home. I Yeah, I think so, too. And a real quick point of clarification, go back to the Bills for a second. Our buddy Jason Pfeiffer, you know, I was facing him in fantasy. He got 60 points mm-hmm. off, just under 60 points for Mr. Allen. So that 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 was the, that was the killer for me. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but also, I know, we'll have, I know. But back to this game for a second. I, I mean, yeah, I think the defense, you know, yeah, I know they've had some injuries, but some of the, the, you know, the Ravens have actually been playing pretty good as of late. So, and the the O-line for the Colts, as good as they are, they've still been kind of iffy with injuries. I don't know if Quinn Nelson is going to play uh, tonight. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, you know, I'll, I, I, know I, said, I said Baltimore, too. I think they should be – I'm not going to say it's going to be a one-sided, but I think – yeah, I'm also keep it close. Their defense, you know, they've got a good defense that kind of slow them down. But I think Baltimore will do just to win it. If they run the ball, I think that's going to be the key. Mm-hmm. You'll know, keep you'll keep golfing the Colts off the field, and they can kind of and they can should be able to win this game going away late. All right, that's our quick Monday night football preview for tonight's Baltimore Ravens and Indianapolis Colts contest. You're listening to Second City Sports live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Say Lakina here with you. We got at least over 10, 12 minutes left. Lakina, uh, let's hit these other two pro sports quickly. I know we got a couple of breaking news items to get to from the world of sports media. Lakina, let's get to the Bulls. I caught a couple of uh, clips from last night's uh, Bulls uh, Cavaliers preseason game. I know the Bulls won by one point. As we talked about, about, about before Lakina is going to be about team defense. This team can score with DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine taking another step, and Io DeSumo is starting to get some playing time with the absence of Kobe White to start the year coming off the bench. I really like this Bulls team. I know they. I know some people want to say, "Oh, they play in a garbage Cleveland team." Yes, yeah, so be it. But you you want to establish some good habits. You want to establish your identity. Uh, this is what the preseason is, is for. You want to establish a culture, establish the way you, the tempo, the way you're going to play both offensively and de- defensively going into the regular season opener at Detroit next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, an IO, Mr. IO DeSumo was the one who, you know, A-O. shot that <laughs> AO. Yeah. So, uh, who hit that game winner, game winner. So, very, very resonant to what he did in the Big 10 championship um, in Mar- back in March. But uh, he, ha- he hit that same shot that kind of, Open the door for them, you know, to win the t- to win a, the the conference championship tournament. But yeah, I mean, look, it, look, look, they didn't have a, a good showing yesterday. That's what the preseason is for. I mean, you don't want to spend too much energy because you know the the first game, the first regular season game is next week, so you don't want to exert too much energy, and that's fine. And look, look, this is what it's preseason for. 
And then, uh, yes, yes, they beat the, the the Cavs. Yippee! Okay, but you know what? Look, you want to look. They lost to the Cavs twice last year. So let's let's not like let's not say that. Oh well, it wasn't. No, no, stop it. So it'll be <laughs> it'll be fine. Look, I think. Well, didn't like the Lakers beat the Suns by like almost thirty points yesterday? So I think people yeah. need to kind of just you know take. And LeBron take. didn't play yesterday. He was chilling exactly. at the Chargers Browns game. Yeah, exactly. So let's not let's not freak. I doubt Lakers fans are freaking out that much from that. But it will look. I, I think it's fine. Like we know what the team is going to be. We'll see how they do against the really top tier teams. They could easily be a four, four, you know, four to six, you know, C. Maybe even maybe even a three seed. Who knows? But. And look, I'm not there. And also, too, it looks like maybe Patrick Rose might be back be- by the first, you know, but before the end of the month. That's that would be great. That would be great. So they kind of put out there that he's a, he's progressing very quick. So you know, look, I, I think this the sky's the limit for this Bulls team. Yeah, like I said, we'll do our preview uh, show about the Bulls in the NBA next next Monday because the season t- tips off next Tuesday. Uh, it's come by so fast with the preseason being shorter now. A couple yeah. other tidbits and nuggets from the Around the Association. Quickly, Lakina, we won't spend too much longer on these two topics, but I'll knock this one out first. Kyrie Irving, as of right now, has not uh, uh, gotten the vaccine, but according to New York City law, I'm doing this in air quotes for those of you that are watching, uh, uh, Kyrie Irving is allowed to practice with the Nets in the city in, in the city uh, in New York City, but he is not. Uh, he cannot play because he is not vaccinated. But he could play in the road games, where uh, where he's unvaccinated. Uh, even though he's unvaccinated, he, he's available to play in the road games. But uh, uh, the games that he cannot play in, he will not get paid for. That's according to the NBA. Of course, uh, in in the city of Toronto, in the a country of Canada. If you're unvaccinated, you'll be heavily um, being he'll, you'll be surveyed heavily. You could come out of the hotel just, just just to go back and forth to the game. That so you cannot do anything else. And so right now, Kyrie Irving, as of right now, will be, be will be becoming a part time player for the Nets for the foreseeable future for this upcoming 21-22 season. Okay, I mean, look, we'll see if he if he does get vaccinated. If you know, fine. If he does it, that's fine too. I mean, it's it's then it's right. I know people want to vaccine shame him and talk trash about him. Blah blah blah. Like mm-hmm. I, we've been saying this. Look, make sure your your uh, your house is clean before you start yelling about somebody else's. You know, let, let's let's not be that as well. So, uh, okay, he'll be able to play the road games. But I, I'm wondering though, will Steve Nash you know, take it to the side and says, you know, we're going to need you for these home games too. So maybe you should get the vaccine. I know you don't want to do it, but and that's that's also missing out on game checks too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I wonder will money talks in the end, but again, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we saw what happened with Andrew Wiggins last week. As of right now, Kyrie Irving, when it comes to playoffs, because the Nets are a top four, top five team in terms of being in favor to win the NBA NBA championship, unless that ordinance is lifted by New York City and their mayor. Kyrie won't be able to play a full season when it comes to the playoffs, and that's gonna affect that Nets team huge. Yeah, so you gotta wonder. Well, like I said, well, money talks, and like I said before, well, Nash, you know, see Nash, you know, you know, take him to the side and says, you know what? Look, I know you don't know how to make believe in it, but we're gonna need you for these these home games. So, mm-hmm. get, I know you may not be a believer in it, but you know, for our sake as well as yours, you know, we may have to get the vaccine. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in other news from the round, the association staying with the Eastern Conference, Ben Simmons, uh, the disgruntled point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, the Sixers organization, and his agent Rich Paul, who works with LeBron James, uh, are talking in terms of a 
peaceful settlement in terms of Ben Simmons returning to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how that how that goes. Lakina, as I said before, Ben Simmons is going to start the year with the Philadelphia 76ers. He's going to have to play nice and play in a few games and uh, hope that he doesn't cause any more trouble because his trade value is low right now. And he's just got to play nice until he's finally out of the city of brotherly love. We all know what his teammates have been saying uh, throughout the preseason and during media day a couple of weeks ago. He's got to play nice and, and stay out of trouble until he's traded. Well, and like, and like I said before, money talks. So he's, he was good yeah. on the brick of losing a lot of money you know, because of all the practices and the games that he would miss. So, And, and look, no one's biting right now unfortunately exactly. for for the Sixers and for him so he's gonna have to play nice with the Doc, Doc Rivers I guess I know some people feel that maybe Doc Rivers kind of threw him under the bus after that playoff loss last year mm-hmm. which we, we probably he might have he done. did he, he <laughs> did but you know it is what it is but uh yeah I mean look I, look I think that it's gonna be a long way before this is resolved so let, let's you know we'll, we'll see I mean again you know and Joel and B, if you ask him, I think he kind of just like, you know, at this point, he doesn't know what to think of it himself. So it'll be interesting to see when, you know, when he gets to that locker room. And it's, it's like I said, it's, it's gonna, gonna get, yeah, it's gonna get very interesting in that locker room with the Sixers this year to be a fly on the wall in that locker room. All right. The preseason concludes this week for all 30, 30 teams, and the regular season starts next Tuesday and for the rest of the league next Wednesday. You're listening to Second City Sports. Live and in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. It's Lakina McGee and Sydney Brown here with you. We got just a few more minutes left. Lakina, we'd like to say congratulations as we get into some news and nuggets from the sports media world. I don't know if you saw this, but congratulations to uh, Chicago's very own and friend of Second City Sports and the Dean Davis show from the past as well. Chicago's very own Miss Shay Papler. Her, along with her husband, Mr. Jordan Cornette, who I miss uh, greatly here on Chicago Radio. Uh, they'll be the new hosts of ESPN Sports Nation, according to our good friends at Awful Announcement. I'll just read an excerpt from the article. ESPN Sports Nation is getting yet another new look. The sports highlight show now on ESPN+. Plus. It, uh, it debuted today with its new host, Shay Pepler and Cornette and Jordan Cornette. Now, uh, the show is, will air at 10 a.m. Eastern time every day, Monday through Friday on ESPN+. Plus. It, they'll be joined by a variety of ESPN personalities, including Jason Fitz, Christine Williamson, Sam Acho, former Chicago Bear, Gary Drusinski, Stefania Bell, Adria Oko, and Omar Raja. On each show, the team will look at highlights from the previous night's action, mixing in social media reaction, top five lists, analysis, interviews, and debate among the panelists. The Cornets take over as Host not long after Sports Nation's relaunch earlier this year was host Ashley Brewer, Taylor Twelman, and Trevion Scales. And the show has plenty of turnover, even going back from this cancellation from the television side in 2018, which includes Michelle Bill, which we'll get into in just a, in just a moment, Carissa Thompson, Colin Cowher, Marcellus Wiley, Max Kellerman, and Carrie Champion. The the couple, of course, they, they have their own ESPN uh, Game Day Show, which airs every Sunday at noon Central Standard Time on ESPN Radio. They'll add Sports Nation uh, to uh, to their um, duties at, at ESPN. Of course, Jordan Cornette is the lead anchor and host over at the ACC Network, especially during college football and college basketball season. Shea Pebble Cornette does a great job uh, wherever she's filling in on ESPN Radio 
or she's starting to do some studio stuff now. So now the, uh, the lovely couple will uh, host Sports Nation on ESPN Plus weekdays at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN Plus. This is a great move for the company and, and for uh, both those broadcasters as well. Yeah, we saw a little bit of that when they co-hosted here in Chicago with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and also too, you know, with the various times, you know, they had their own national uh, radio show on ESPN Radio. You saw the mm-hmm. chemistry. They have great chemistry. And, and look, you know, they, they have disagreements from time to time, of course, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jordan's a Cincinnati kid. Of course, you know, Shay is from right here in Chicago. We've had her on the show. They're the best. Mm-hmm. You know, they have another a beautiful little baby boy, Joey, of course, you know, named after Jordan's late brother, of Joey yeah. uh, from Butler, uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, you know what? This is a this is a good thing. I mean, they've that that show's had a lot of turnaround, especially since they came back. I know Ashley Brewer is back in Los Angeles, you know, doing you know sports center out there. Taylor is visit is busy, you know, doing soccer stuff and other stuff. Mm-hmm. And Trevion is back. I think he's in he's somewhere. I think he's like in Atlanta or somewhere down south. He actually went back home. Um, to do some stuff there, be a sports yeah. anchor there. So there have been like a lot of turnover. So that show needed an anchor, and what better anchor than have a married couple that actually has good chemistry? It yes. you know, behind not only out of the mic, but also in front of the mic. Because usually, you know, married couples or people who are in relationships, they kind of tend to, you know, not be, you know, it doesn't work, but it, it works for them. So good for mm-hmm. them. And I'll maybe I might I might subscribe to ESPN Plus now. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we will see. And speaking of ESPN and, and Michelle Beadle, uh, this news came out over the weekend that she wanted to get back into the broadcasting field. Of course, she was let go by ESPN a few years ago. She was one of the original hosts of Get Up with Mike Greenberg and Jalen Rose. Of course, Jalen Rose, uh, his future may be in doubt in terms of NBA count. That we'll get to that in a second as well. But uh, Michelle Beadle. Um, she was a part of the ESPN old countdown crew a few years ago. Of course, she was outspoken in terms of college football on the on the original episode of uh, uh, first few months of the original Get Up lineup on ESPN. She said she went, um, uh, I think it was going back to the Urban Meyer situation back in Ohio State. She's like, I won't be watching any more college football. The higher ups of ESPN didn't like that. They asked her to they agree to a bout. She hasn't been heard and seen from since. Not until now, she'll be. Um, uh, part of uh, Spurs broadcasting um, bro- uh, broadcasting games for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, it's not set uh, how many games she'll do this sh- this year, but uh, she'll be back on your television for this upcoming season doing some local games for our hometown team in San Antonio. Yeah, I mean, she's a big fan of the team. So like I said before, I, I was kind of done with her after she said some things. So, you know, she's back to, you know, covering her team, you know, you know her favorite team growing up. So, oh, oh, okay. That that's cool. I mean, you know, I, like, like I said before, I, I I'm kind of indifferent towards her, so I'm I'm not mm-hmm. like yeah, I'm not gonna kind of like get into it. But yeah, you're good for her. I mean, I know she said she wanted to get back into sports. She rubbles some feathers back at ESPN, so for various reasons. So you know, it's 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 fun. Look, she's back. You know, she's back home covering her hometown team. Okay. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I'm not like, I, I'm kind of a difference mm-hmm. towards her. So like, I'm not like, oh, okay, good for you. All right. <laughs> and wrapping up our sports media news, uh, staying with ESPN, the aforementioned Mike Greenberg, who has his ties to Chicago. Uh, he's going to be a new host of NBA countdown and host of the NBA finals, along with Michael Wilbon, Stephen A. Smith. 
and perhaps Jalen Rose. We'll, we'll see. And Magic Johnson may make an appearance. Uh, will make some appearances as well. So uh, ESPN, the NBA, is trying to compete with TNT in terms of uh, their pre- and post-game shows. Of course, inside the NBA is far out the best in sports television overall, especially when it comes to basketball. ESPN mm -hmm. is trying to duplicate that success with their crew with a new makeover. Yeah, and also too, apparently Jay Williams won't be a part of that either. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, will Greeny sleep? That's kind of the number one question. Is is Greeny will be able to sleep because <laughs> he's doing yeah. get up? Now he's going to be doing the, the radio show. Now this yeah, the radio yep. show, and then wait, well, is he going to sleep? <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, look, that show has had a lot of turnover, so we'll see how this new new this new uh, format goes. I mean, you'll probably see like other you know guys make appearance. I'm sure Vince Carr is going to make an appearance and, mm -hmm. and and such. So, I mean, we'll see how this goes. But I think they just need to kind of just stop trying to be like inside the NBA, just like do what you do. You know, it seems like they're trying to find a Charles Barkley. You know, we love Magic, but you know, he's he's you know, even he'll tell you he's very he's he's better like you know every other week, maybe not every single week. So, you know, it, we'll see how this goes. We know Will Bond is not afraid to you know. You know, pull a few yeah. punches. Hometown so, guy. Yeah, of course. You'll know, be the first Chicago. Of course, that's what we do. But yeah, I mean, again, I'll, I'll check it out. But again, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be like inside the NBA level. What about you, real quick? Uh, let's see how this works. Of course, um, Michael Eaves, uh, who used to cover the NBA uh, for Fox Sports out there on the West mm -hmm. Coast with the Lakers and Clippers, he'll do the the Wednesday games uh, for ESPN as far as countdown is Love concerned. Him. Good, yeah, I like him too. So I followed him for a long time. So he's going to do a great job. Of course, he's been doing UFC stuff and other stuff for ESPN for the last few years. So it's good to see him on doing some NBA uh, coverage as well. Of course, he was doing SportsCenter uh, uh, as well with his other duties. Now, quickly, Lakina, uh, um, as far as ESPN next week, they'll debut the new NBA Today uh, show, which we will we'll play. Will replace the jump. Sorry, Malika Andrews as the main host. I'm really looking forward to that. And so the the NBA season is just getting started. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of interesting things to see how ESPN uh, carries that handles that coverage of the NBA for this upcoming season. Real quick, Lakina, I know time is up. Congratulations to the Chicago Sky. They mm -hmm. won Game One yesterday over the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, Candace Parker. It looks like she's a game or two away for her dream. Her dream of bringing a WNBA title. Uh, to our hometown in Chicago. She wore a Khalil Mack jersey yesterday. She wore a Blackhawks jersey uh, um, uh, after the conference title win uh, last week. So uh, good luck to the sky. We're behind you. See if you can pull off the uh, the title run. Yeah, the game two will be Wednesday night, Wednesday night at 8 on ESPN. So, mm -hmm. yeah, one of the reasons why, real quick, one of the reasons why she came back here was that she won the brand championship a WBA championship to the city of Chicago. We'll see if she can do that. It's a best of five. You know, still a lot to go. And, you know, uh, Diage Rossi is still over there with the Mercury. I'm sure she's going to want to have the Mercury bounce back after Sunday's game. But we'll see. Good luck to the ladies. Yes. All right, Lakina, we come to the end of the show. Close us out. Yeah, and I think there's a rainstorm coming, so we better wrap it up. Uh, you follow me, Akina McGee, <laughs> on the Twitter, and Akina McGee on the IG. It's true. Uh, like, yeah, like that old uh, D.L. Hughley Joe, like your mother used to say back in, back in the day. Turn on all the lights. It's a rainstorm outside. Yes. You're running on yes. my light bill. <laughs> yes, yes. Come on. Let's go. Let's keep this. Right. Wrap it up. All right. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A 0. S I D K I D A 0. You can download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps, whether it's an Apple iTunes store or the Google Play store. Make sure that app says Sports Zone Chicago. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Also, follow War Media 
on the same plat social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at WAR Media. If you want to listen to the audio version of this show, you can do so by catching our podcast at War or Anger. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in that search engine box on those podcast platforms, WARR on Anchor. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, 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 and tell your friends. Yes. All right, so stay dry out there, folks. Also stay warm because it's going to be seasonal here. So for yep. Sid, I'm Lakia. This has been Second Seed Sports on Sports Social Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Go Sox. Till next time. Holla.